Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. We've got a special, special show today from Vegas. Make sure your mics are on, by the way. Uh, it's going to be a great show. We got, this is, a, this is an all-star cast. We got Benil Dariush, uh, one of my favorite fighters, one of the nicest guys in the world, uh, and also a badass, uh, the Assyrian, what's your nickname, by the way? I don't have a nickname. It, that's how nice he is. <laughs> You're about even, to get one, I think. Yeah. Have a nickname. We also have John Wood, the most underrated coach in the game. This dude is, he turns people from librarians into, into, <laughs> into monsters. Uh, look at Roxanne Matafari, was on a five fight losing streak. And then with you, she's now what, eight and two or something? Or? Something like that, yes. In, insane. We also have Serena de Jesus, uh, who is an amateur fighter, uh, f- five and two? Yeah, five and two. Five and two, looking to go pro. Uh, and also uh, has autism uh, and is the only fighter in MMA with autism, right? Are you the only one? Not the only one. John Doomsday Howard has it. I'm the only female in North America who... All right. The only female in North America. We're going to... That's the title <laughs> right there. Uh, cool. And, and me, Adam Hunter, I want to thank our sponsor, Speedweed. If you need marijuana delivered to you, speedweed.com. Uh, they, they deliver everything from edibles to cannabis to roll-ons. Any kind of marijuana you need... Use MMA Roasted, you get 20% off over $100 or more. So, let's uh, right to it. First of all, John came to my show last night. Thank you. Yes, fantastic show. Uh, you yeah. came with three of your buddies, uh, Andrew. Andrew Sanchez from uh, Ultimate Fighter winner and Eric Spicely. And you all wore blue jean jackets. Yes, that uh, just we kind of have a, a jean jacket gang that we're starting. And, uh, nice. We're going to get some patches going on here pretty soon. We're bringing it back. I, I loved it, by the way. So John came in. I always get nervous when you're there. I don't know why. You're the nicest guy ever, but I feel like I have to do well for you. Because uh, you've seen me so many times, and I, I feel like, I, I don't know. It's just like you're, I, I, I totally respect you, by the way. Like I, I think uh, I've... We go way back, from back when, the first time I met you was when I had your ex, ex, ex on the podcast, uh, <laughs> who's now dating Tito Ortiz. Uh, she was a, a former ring girl. Yes. What's her name? Uh, Anne? I forgot. You forgot her name. Right. So, beautiful girl, and she kind of trashed you on the podcast, and then, <laughs> and then you were like, let me go on that podcast. This is bullshit. And, and then, then you kind of settled down, but I've been following you over the years, and uh and, and you know you, you're a guy. You are a very good fighter. Uh, you made strike force. Uh, so, so. Record of seven and six. Um, two of your losses were to Shannon Rich. We won't talk about that, by Oof, the way. But come on. Uh, but 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 that you know Shannon <laughs> Rich is actually. But that but Shannon Rich when when he's tries, he's actually a good fighter. He really is. Like I I don't take anything against it. You know that shit. Um, yeah, I lost to. Uh, the worst fighter in the world, so I guess that makes me the worst fighter in the world. He's not the worst. No, fighter no, in the he's world. very good. He was very good. It was just one of those things that uh, that was the time where, after that, uh, I believe that was God telling me, "Okay, you shouldn't fight." Okay, so then you go into coaching, right? Yes. Now, now, do you go right into coaching? Do you, I mean, do you say to yourself, "Listen, I'm, I'm not going to be the champ," because you're a good fighter. I uh, I had actually had my gym for I've had the gym for about 15 years so I, I started it real early on in my fighting career and that kind of actually ruined the fighting career you think you're gonna get a gym and just oh I'm just gonna train all day and it's gonna be so easy and all I have to do no if you don't run it like a business you're gonna go out of business so um, I was kind of coaching all the way through and taking some of the amateurs and the younger guys and 
I was kind of splitting time between running a business, trying to coach, and trying to fight. And that that that. Now was it Throwdown? That was your gym. Uh, at very the very first gym I did was Las Vegas Combat Club way back in the day. Um, and then it came Zion's Training Center. Then it was Throwdown. Then it was Warrior. Archers Warrior, then Throwdown, and now Syndicate. So you owned all those? I've had it all. It's basically whoever uh, gave me the most money to put their name on the door and keep the doors open is what I did. So, um, yeah, same gym, same owners the whole time through. Like I said, we're going on, I think, about 14, 15 years now. Um, but, yeah, it was just too hard to juggle it, man. And it was always an injury. It was always this. Got on the Ultimate Fighter, I think, season seven I got on. And, like, two weeks before, I tore my bicep tendon 98% off the bone. Still went on, tried to fight with one arm. I just put a sleeve on and acted like my bicep wasn't rolled up into my shoulder and didn't go well you know so it was just kind of one thing after another and after another and the strike force deal kind of went the same way who did you fight to get into the house uh dante rivera oh okay so they gave me a like the most pure grappler on the show which i'm fine at the time i was a jiu-jitsu guy i think i have like 10 wins and nine of them are by submission so i was okay with that but I couldn't go on the ground, couldn't grapple. So I was hoping I could just knock him out with a big right hand. Didn't go that way. He took me down right off the bat. Right. But, uh, you know, it was cool because the UFC paid for my uh, surgery. So that worked out. But, uh, yeah, it just it's just too much. So just focused about, uh, you know, seven, eight years ago on full-time coaching. But, I mean, now, you, you've, you're, you're a great coach. I mean, when I, when I say great coach, I think I look at Roxanne Modafari, like, like we were talking about. I mean, Roxanne was on like a, a five-fight losing streak. Yeah. And it, I remember her fight with Raquel Pennington hmm. was one of the saddest. It was almost like you're, you're watching that going, it's like watching Rudy. But, it would be yeah. like, but, like, but like Rudy when like, it's like putting Rudy into like against a real football NFL game. And you're like, stop, stop this. Yeah. This is not, yeah. maybe this is not for you. But then she comes to you, she comes to your gym. And, and and what do you and you actually see something in her? You're like we can. So, what I look at as a coach, I try to look at the fighter as an individual. And for me, I never really had like one straight up coach. I just kind of bounced around and got a lot of different looks. And started my whole game started from MMA. So I'd say an MMA MMA coach all the way through. I was never a specific one thing or that thing. So I look at a fighter and try to see what's best for them, what they can do, and I try to mold myself to them instead of molding them to me and making them maybe into a style that they're not that good with, you know, or making a, a grappler or a Thai person. I don't try to do that stuff. So looking at Roxy, when she first came to the gym, uh, super awkward, super just kind of floppy and flippy. Just, it was, she was all over the place, but it actually worked. Like when she sparred, she was hitting people with weird, crazy shit because they didn't know what the heck, you know, what she was throwing or doing and neither did she. So I just kind of said, okay, I sat her down one day and said, listen, we're going to, keep your weirdness but we're going to make it for a purpose kind of teach you why and how and and you know when to use that stuff so that's really what we did is just kind of reworked it from the ground up and just kept her strange and just and she's just one of those people that just really likes to learn it was tough the first you know the first few months like but you made was, her into an athlete i remember actually saying to her i go man i'm watching you fight i'm like this is crazy but you became an athlete <laughs> yeah and then you looked at her and you're like wow you never thought someone would say that to you huh <laughs> and uh but i was like i'm like wow you actually made her athletic yeah yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go that far yet. She's getting there. Like she's, you know, she's, she's just a tough, tough chick, man. Like she's, people don't realize how, uh, how great of a chin she has, her tenacious drive, her cardio. She don't quit, man. She just goes out. What she doesn't have in athleticism, she makes up in drive and heart and everything else. And she is getting more athletic every single day, man. She's, she's, it's so funny. She's so far along in her career, but she's so far from being done. There's a lot of fights left in that girl. Yeah, no, I, I was uh, I was super impressed. Benny, what's going on with you? 
Uh, I'm here uh, for Marvin Vittori. He's fighting, uh, I think he's one of the first fights on the card this weekend. He's fighting uh, Omari Ahmadov, a Russian guy, a good guy, good wrestler. So that's pretty much what I'm here for, helping Marvin get ready. And he trains over at, uh, at uh, King's with you? Yeah, he's at King's uh, with us. How's it go? How are you doing, though, man? What's going on? Uh, Last time I spoke to you, you you were uh, you just got the draw with Evan Dunham, which I thought was bullshit. Yeah. Uh, you thought you, you won the fight. And then what have you been doing since then? So since then, uh, actually, I've been doing uh, a lot of coaching. Uh, I've been going around uh, doing some cornering. My teammate just fought in China, Giga Chikatsu. He, he's an amazing uh, K1 fighter. He, he just fought in China. So I was in China, and now I'm here with Marvin. Before that, uh, somewhere else, uh, our guys were fighting somewhere in uh in the desert, so, so all over the place. I don't with, even know where you coaching. are. You're like yeah, wake up in the desert. My my brain is. is uh, no, no. Last time we talked about it, you, have, you have this hot Asian girlfriend. Same, do you still have her? Same one. Yeah. But her parents didn't accept you. Yes. Because because you're a fighter, uh, and they, they didn't get the whole. They think they don't understand that you're a professional fighter. They think you just go out and fight people. Um, they it, they understand it. Let me explain <laughs> it this way. So when they uh, when you know trying to get engaged, trying to get married trying to do all that stuff they basically were like your job's dumb it doesn't make <laughs> sense <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> i mean your job like, is kind of dumb it, it, what it, we do it, is pretty dumb it, 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 it's not even that they don't get it they get it they're just like the job is dumb it's, it's not gonna it's not gonna be fruitful your business it, it, who knows if it's gonna be here tomorrow you have to get a degree the degree is gonna be there forever which which is completely not true but i get the mindset so with that being said, we, we ended up uh, meeting somewhere in the middle. So Victoria's working on her nursing degree now, and uh, I'm hoping when that's done, we can just get Wait, it. so they tell you you need to get a degree, and then you just send her to school? <laughs> <laughs> she, was all, <laughs> she was already in where, school. Where's the meeting in the middle part? <laughs> I, I, so, yeah, Victoria and her parents, they, they you know, they, they started fighting, and, and, and it wasn't looking good. So we ended up saying, look, if we don't meet in the middle if we don't compromise we're not gonna have a good relationship uh w w with your parents that one and, and then they realized it too so with that being said they said okay well at least victoria has at least one it. of them has a degree yeah right, because okay. so she's the fallback plan <laughs> <laughs> right it's, it's basically she's that. the investment the long-term well, the, the idea is like this they're like well you know if things don't work out and you and victoria you split What's she gonna do? You know, she needs to have something. And and we were never against her going to school. I was never like, no, you're gonna no. stay home. And <laughs> no, but his girlfriend, by the way, is the hottest. It's like this hot Asian girl who wears these tight spandex, walks into the room, everyone looks at her, and then this meathead comes afterwards. And you're like, oh great, that's 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 who she's with. Uh, now 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 you also spend your free time building schools and churches in third world countries. Have you done that recently? I uh, no, I was supposed to go to Haiti this year, but uh, it didn't work out. We we, um, I got set up for the fight, uh, so I couldn't go. And uh, but but we have contacts. We, I have some plans to go to the Philippines next year and things like that. Nice. So and then Haiti, obviously as well. So I'm I'm just trying Such to schedule a great guy, for the next man. year. Yeah. A nice guy, and Serena. So you want to go pro? You're five and two. I hear you on Twitter begging people for fights. But is anyone responding to you? Well. Um, they'll just come to John if they if they have something for me. I'm just waiting, just training, and when I'm not training, I'm just I don't know playing video games and writing. So nice. What kind of stuff are you writing? 
Um, I write for disability advocacy blogs, like um, such as Jason's Connection, which is um, based out of Ohio. I also um, help people with their homework for a fee. So, <laughs> got to use my brain cells while I still have them. Is that legal? I, right, yeah, go, it's right, totally legal. All right, go on. Now, 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 you tell me, like, like I know there's like a spectrum, autism spectrum, right? Because mm-hmm. I remember there was a, a kid on a wrestling team who they're like, they, me and Connor Hugh, I remember Connor. They told us, hey, there's a kid on the team who has autism. So me and Connor were coaching, and this one kid was out of control. So we were very, very kind and gentle with this kid. Turned out he was an asshole. It was another kid that had autism, right? <laughs> the other kid didn't know right from left. He was exactly, he was the nicest, like, no, so oh, the man, whole year we were like, laughing. but, and so what exactly, could, I don't know much about this stuff. Could you explain to me, like, what, where you are on the spectrum and what's... Well, to put it simply, I'm, I have siblings, two of them also have autism. I have a, a 16-year-old sister who is, um, has a PDD NOS, and then I have my other brother, it's like a fucking giant. He's um, six foot and 200 pounds and now doing jujitsu. so I look up at him like, when the hell did you become a man? And um, he's just as socially awkward and kind of, I see my 14-year-old self in him. Um, I had to have a lot of social therapy because I, like a lot of social cl- um, cues and everything just flew over my head. Sarcasm still kind of occasionally flies over my head. I didn't understand analogies and stuff, so... Um, had a caseworker help me out. I had a caseworker until I was 20. Okay. Uh, but I was doing well. I was going to college, doing everything. You know, social anxiety is still there because not getting people, you know, I was a little kid, you know, I was bullied and everything. Until I took a nice big stick to a bunch of people's faces <laughs> at one point. Oh, no, I got bullied, and there's times I that just learned it. Oh, always. Lured these guys on a field or just picking on me and just channel my inner Rafiki and just beat the shit but out no, of them. But <laughs> now, does your, now, does it get in the way of fighting at all, of learning or anything? Or? Um, I need John sometimes to break down, like, maybe five more times when I'm learning something here and again. Um, he'll see probably the face, you know, the, you know, and just, I'm like, huh? <laughs> he'll yeah, break it down yeah. a little more for me. Um, I have light and noise sensitivity, you know, it just kind of bugs me. And um, No what? Uh, light and noise sensitivity. Um, I hear things, you know, in a quiet room, like for example, you hear this light above your head, like humming, it's loud as shit. So you're like Daredevil. So, I would fucking hope I would be. That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, but, um, in a, you know, I've had issues with it. Just now you were telling me that when you did um, Tough Enough, mm-hmm. they put you up against a deaf girl. Like, no, now not Tough Enough. That was um, in Utah. In Utah. Uh, now, yeah. Was that a joke? I no. Mean, someone was like, no, no, no. Uh, like, who thought this was a good idea? Like, well, uh, so my mom called a short bus cage match, and I laughed my ass a off over that. A blind girl. <laughs> you know, your mom said it was a short bus girl. cage match? Yeah. I called her, like, the day before the fight. I'm like, Mom, I don't feel good about hitting a deaf girl she's like i bet you don't feel good about hitting an autistic girl serena it's a short bus cage match just get used to it i'm like mom what the fuck man now now now, now, now did you win the, the fight yes i okay. won the short bus, bus cage match there it oh, was good. Now, girl didn't listen for shit though <laughs> i actually saw that girl in mesquite because i was there was like I, I was like in mesquite there was a, a weigh-in for tough enough and this one girl uh, this jack girl the other girl missed weight by five pounds and she didn't and I felt bad I'm like hey sorry that the other girl missed weight and then she looked at me like I was crazy <laughs> and then I was like oh this girl's kind of rude and I look at her corner and they're all signaling to her I'm like what? I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now <laughs> so that and then I told Serena that story and she's like oh I fought her I'm like okay this this makes sense yeah, yeah okay well alright well alright yeah me and her are best friends now you know. are you really yeah we talk to each other here and again well how Facebook. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now, now, do you have a boyfriend or? I haven't dated since I was twenty. <laughs> How old are you now? Gonna be twenty-six next month. Uh, okay. It's been a while. All right. All right. Well, hang in there. 
Uh, what for? Oh, don't talk to John. That's not, right, let's, now, 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 John, let, now, this might be, we'll get back to your fights and, and the coaching. Okay, you do get the hottest girls uh, that I, I, like in Vegas. Like your, your girlfriends, are, your exes are all very hot. And your wife now, gorgeous. Thank you. But, but they do seem a little nuts, okay? And, <laughs> and I think that you kind of peaked out, right? Because first it was Colleen, and then it was Amber. No, Amber was first. Amber first, then Colleen, right? Then I see you on TV dating Jenna Jameson, right? Uh, and and I'm, I'm like, okay, you're on the, what was it, Couples Rehab? That was couples show? therapy. Couples Might as well have been Couples, couples Rehab. Couples therapy. Now, I, got, I became a little suspicious when every single time you were on TV, you had a Syndicate Gym t-shirt. <laughs> like, so I'm like, wait a minute. Then you have a Syndicate hat, Syndicate socks. I'm, I'm like, this, were you really there for the Couples Therapy or was it a commercial for a Syndicate? <sighs> Man, you know... There was a lot of reasons why I went there. It was, it was a fun, it was an opportunity that, you know, me and Jenna were dating and it was just kind of a thing that came about. And I was like, sure, you know, went and did it. And uh, it was not that fun of a show, I can tell you. <laughs> it was not that fun of a deal. Like, you became friends with Tretch, not even nature, yeah, though, right? all those guys. Really, I met some really cool people, I still contact with a lot of them. But uh, yeah, believe it or not, like I've done a few reality shows and, and you get some, some fun shit. That was uh, literally like 10 hours of therapy a day. It's not a uh, a fun like, hey, let's go do this. It's yeah. like, no, we're gonna dig into your deepest, darkest secrets and make you cry and try to fuck with you on TV. So um, that was a really crazy experience and one I don't want to do. Well, you know what though? After that, you you got married, and uh, and I had a similar experience. I went on Oxygen, some show it was called Living with Funny, where I went out with all my exes to see what went wrong. And, and after, after that, <laughs> and a, that after, sounds like the worst idea the worst, in the right? world. And after that, I was like, all right, now I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, and I got married to the next girl, and yeah. I think you kind of did the same thing, right? After Jenna, it was the- yeah, yeah. I pretty much, um, you know, I uh, met my wife, and we waited, I think, three weeks. No then, way. And then got married. <laughs> you got married after three weeks? Yeah. I listen, man. I, I don't. Be, I don't uh, claim to be the smartest guy when it comes to did that now. Kind of stuff. Now, did your wife see you on with Jenna Jameson on TV? The TV. The show actually hadn't aired yet. Oh. She she had knew me. She knew me from uh, Instagram. Like she had saw me from dating with her. But it was kind of a funny deal that uh, we met each other in a grocery store. Saw each other in a grocery store and she's like a nice six, melons. Six foot one. Oh, she was wearing a bathing suit. She was on her way to work and I just walked in and I was like, holy shit! It's like this scene from Baywatch. So Colin and I like followed each other around the grocery store for about an hour <laughs> and then I left. And she actually contacted me on Instagram and was like, hey, I thought that was you and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, a few months later after, you know, me and Jenna had broke up, we started dating and um, I had to, you know, kind of tell her she didn't know because I actually got engaged to Jenna on that show. Um, <laughs> so uh, the first time that my wife uh, came over to the house, I was actually on an interview on a Skype call with... Um, uh, another dating show that was trying to get me and I just told her I was like hey you can come hang out but you're gonna have to sorry and then I think actually then right after that Skype call I did the interview with you yeah. which was about my ex-wife and so she sat there and listened to that so it wasn't like a stellar um, yeah. first uh, you know meeting but, but she, uh, she, she hung with you now now Jenna Jameson I, I remember you came to the show 
and, and she's doing okay now. She yeah. seems like doing really, really well now. <laughs> but I remember you coming to the show, and I didn't even realize that Amber, that uh, Colleen was there with Josh Barnett at the yeah, time. You put Colleen and Josh Barnett right in front right of next me. to you. I, I didn't realize all this was going on, and I think there was like a restraining order. Like, like it was like, and, and but you had like Kiesa with you and somebody else, yeah, Phil it, Dice or something. Uh, or? Phil Dice was Phil there, Dice. Mike Kiesa, and you're and, like great. So and you're all wearing syndicate shirts. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like a fucking West Side Story. Um, now, but me and Josh Barnett are actually like uh, friends. He's, we're he's, friends now. He's a great guy. So he happens like to be that. a great guy. I like guy. that guy a lot. Uh, and and Colleen and him. Whoa, that that didn't go well. Uh, it doesn't go well. With anything she's with, whatever. So, Jenna Jameson, like, she seemed out of it at that time. <laughs> uh, like, uh, was that hard to deal with? It was super hard to deal with. She had a bunch of stuff going on in her life at that point in time and just wasn't, uh, let's say, coping with it well. So it was literally like, yeah. Because I've it was, been with girls who have like substance problems. It is the fucking worst. It is, my ex was drinking and she used to get drunk while I was on stage and I come off stage and she'd be fucking plastered yeah. and then I remember one time we were in Canada we got into an argument and she's like I'm walking home I'm like go ahead like, <laughs> so she Bye. leaves the comedy condo and starts, and I'm like alright go home 20 minutes later you're gonna let me freeze to death I'm like like this yeah, it was insane it was yeah. it's insane but, uh, so, but but there has to be a point though where like every guy under the age of Maybe fifty has masturbated sure. numerous times. Jenna Jameson. Sure. I mean, she's super hot. I mean, I used to have her posters all over my wall. Like I used to. I mean, it was so. There was there a point I where don't, you, I don't masturbate. Is there a point where you're I sleeping did. with her and you're like, I'm banging Jenna Jameson? Absolutely, absolutely. I, was, I mean, it was definitely a, a bucket list, uh, you know, situation. She's a really, really cool girl. She's a sweetheart, and she's definitely got her shit together. She just had a baby, and she's got a new relationship, and she's doing really, really good. And I'm super happy for her. But yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, that's a highlight. That's a highlight real moment for yeah. sure. But I could see why after that you would get married. <laughs> I, 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 I could see. So uh, let's talk fighting. So, so Benny, what's going on with your fighting career? Any, any new fights coming up? Uh, after the last fight, I uh, asked the UFC, you know, if there's anything coming up short notice, I'll just jump in and take a fight. I was hoping to fight again this year. But nothing popped up, and now they're talking about February, March. They still haven't given me a name and not, no exact dates, too. So it's a little bit frustrating. Um, Who do you want to fight? Just give me somebody at this point. Uh, I've waited already two months. Is there anybody that you don't like in your division? It seems like you'd like everybody. It's, it's not an issue. I mean, if you think about it, everybody has the same dream as you. They work just hard like you they have the same mindset it's, it's kind of weird that if you guys don't like each other but what do you feel about a guy like, like they're down, now that they're talking about Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley uh, coaching the ultimate fighter like that's what people are saying that might happen a guy like Colby who just says all this stuff talks all this crap and now it seems to work for him or like Kevin Lee kind of talked a bunch of shit and got Tony Ferguson not saying that they didn't d deserve it but does that bother a guy like you who is not that kind of a guy so what is Kobe now like six six and oh and his like last yeah. six fights so he he's doing good he, I, I can't if there's nothing wrong with the resume I can't really complain about his personality I'm not here for somebody's personality I'm, I'm here because I want to fight and uh, if he's put the work in I'm not going to complain uh, same thing with Lee Lee had done he had done the work there was no other option nobody else was taking the fight so there you go well, you can't complain about stuff like that. If it was, let's say, Colby had one fight or two fights and he just did mad mad talk and then got a fight, then I would be really disappointed. And, and it happens sometimes. Like, for example, I wasn't really excited. GSP 
probably my favorite fighter of all time. He's one of the reasons why I started fighting. But the fact that he just got an instant title shot and then released the belt, that was really strange to me. And then I hear mm-hmm. talks about him fighting at 170, and then he's going to get another title shot. It just it brings the it, it brings down the the whole ranking system. There's there's no point to the ranking system. Yeah. There's there is no ranking system right now. I mean, it so it becomes like a WWE type thing where it's like also it's just yeah it's like all it's like if the Lakers were 500 but they sold tickets you wouldn't put them in the championship. And it does seem like that's sort of where it's going now. Another girl that you're you're coaching, uh, which you always said was a, was was a girl and I a very beautiful girl. Wild girl, uh, Jesse Jess. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the Rowdy Beck fight, did you see that fight going that way? Yes, absolutely. You know, when uh, they offered it. And I had kind of told her, we've been on the, the cusp of, uh, you know, the UFC had came to us with a couple things already previous. And so we were right on the, hey, you're going to get the call soon. So I was actually, she had an Invicta fight um, that was going to be a couple weeks after that fight. So we were already in training camp. But I had kind of put it in her mind of, like, that December 1st show with all those flyweight girls. I figured... Somebody's gonna get hurt, so I just told her, you know, let's let's be ready for that. Um, and then, like two days later, we got the call for the Rowdy Beck fight, which people. Jesse is amazing talent, and people don't realize she hits and kicks like a mule. I mean, she'll tell you she's getting, you know, kicked with her every day and stuff. But uh, she's super talented. She's very good on the ground. She's one of those, another one of those ones that kind of came and <clears throat> had the talent, had the the athleticism. She is an athlete, super strong. Um, great vision and just kind of added to her game and she's I think she's gonna she's gonna be fighting for a title soon. She's fighting Paige Van Zandt next, right? Now uh, that's a big fight for her. Obviously, I feel like the UFC wants to push Paige Van Zandt. Uh, Is there actually like pressure on you as a coach to not have it go to a decision? Uh, I think Jesse will finish Paige. I know she will. That that fight's not gonna go three rounds. She'll finish her. Um, No real pressure. Like the way this girl like she's Fighters, you know, sometimes like take some time to come into their own mentally, physically, and she's kind of hitting that stride right now, and everything is just firing on all cylinders, and it's the best she's ever looked, man. So she's gonna come in there and, and she's gonna do work. Do you think experience is gonna play a factor? Because uh, Van Zandt's had a lot of fights in the UFC. So I mean, Jesse, her UFC fight, her UFC uh, debut, she's probably one of the most relaxed. I've ever seen her. So going to that, you never know what you're going to get the first time a guy goes into the big show or a girl goes into the big show. She went out there like a just a straight pro like she'd been there before. Nothing. It was like all smiles and happy and just good to go and went out and performed. So I really don't think the pressure is going to get to her on this one too. I think she can handle that. Experience always, of course, does play a part into it. Was that fight like a co-main event? Yeah, it was a co-main. Okay. That that actually helped a lot too. Yeah, Yeah. so she went out there in her hometown, which is a lot of pressure too. Co-main event and, you know, handled business, so. Now, the guy you brought yesterday to my show, Andrew Sanchez. Yes. Now, he... um, I didn't realize I was after he came to the show. I looked him up and I'm like, oh shit, that's the guy who Dirty Sanchez who um, was murdering this dude from Canada. Yeah. And, I mean, he had him out, and then he just sort of in the third round, he kind of hit him with everything he could, and then sort of faded and lost the fight. Probably the best comeback I've ever seen. You're on the receiving end of that, so you're the coach. What's going through your head? How do you prevent that? And, and what what were you what were you telling him? Well. I was telling him to relax, chill the fuck out, but uh, <laughs> he wasn't doing that. That's it's something you know. Every guy always has their little kind of thing. Um, that was something we had worked in a camp a lot, is to keep him calm. The guy is Andrew's probably one of the most talented pound for pound guys that I've 
worked with. His wrestling is like a four-time All-American. He's got great stand-up. He's, I mean, the, the dude is jiu-jitsu. He's a legit uh, brown belt in jiu-jitsu. I mean, the guy's like every tool that you would want. His cardio's off the wall, everything. It's just that, you know, in that fight, he had a lot of pressure coming off a loss already, and he wanted to, you know, make a statement. Went out there and crushed the guy, dropped the guy, Face, uh, you know, face first twice, and then he thought that that fight was over, so he went in for the kill, which is sometimes a mistake that fighters make, and you dump everything into it. And that guy, Ryan Janes, <clears throat> is, is a friend of ours too, and actually was going to come train with us for that camp until that fight got signed. Um, is his his biggest forte is being a tough mofo, and he can take that punch. So that's one of those guys that you have to sit back and not try to finish. You just got to try to keep hitting him and doing as much as you can until he eventually falls and goes out. Andrew just got you know he went into that um, fight or flight mode and tried to kill the dude, and it didn't work. And once you dip into that little you know that uh, your adrenaline dump, it's it's hard. That's one of the hardest things to come ever happened to from. you. Penny? Yeah, this last fight, some people were saying, you know, I was looking tired in the second and the third round. And I, I looked back at it. I watched it a few times. And, and it's kind of true. I, I you always look tired, though. You look tired <laughs> walking to the cage. <laughs> I, uh, you know, he, he's talking about, you know, how you're an athlete. He, he's he got all the tools and stuff like that. I'm not much of an athlete, man. If you do, like, you, I just did my VO2 test today, and it was pretty crappy. But, like, <laughs> when it comes to fighting, I, I just fight, and it works. You got your black belt in two years. Uh, no, no, no. It was uh, five years. Five but, uh, Yeah. Under under who? Uh, Homolo Bahau. He's a uh, fighter. Ellenberger said that, you're, that you tapped him in 12 seconds. Like the first time you went, to, he was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Everybody was. Every people would talk about you like, like you, you are. You, you, I think you have that like Middle Eastern strength. Uh, and yes. like I swear, <laughs> I get that a lot. There's a kid in my team, a Russian kid. He has bear strength. Yeah. Uh, do you know it, grappling just clicks and uh, striking now is starting to click. So in the Dunham fight. I, I came out strong. I dropped him, and I. Uh, one thing I never trained before is, <laughs> this is probably really dumb on my part, but like I've never trained ground and pound. I, I just if it goes to the ground, I'm gonna jujitsu and I'm gonna win. But I felt like I had him hurt. I should just keep punching him, and so I spent about a minute and a half just punching him on the ground. Huh. And then when we stood up, I was like, whoa. I need a break. <laughs> so we, it was good, though. So we did uh, We did have a break. The The round was over. I went back in my corner. I took a couple of deep breaths. I felt good. My cardio, I felt like was, my breathing was back to normal, but I did feel fatigue in my muscle. So with that being said, it was it was another aspect I learned. I, um, that's the thing. Like I, Fighting, that's what I like about it, uh, fighting. I always learn something new. Now it's... It, it's uh, it's becoming apparent to me that I have to be a better athlete. So these are I'm gonna have to work on that. One of one of your fights like shocked me. I mean, no no disrespect, but when you fought James Vick, oh, James yeah. Vick was like I think nine and zero at the time, uh, yes. eight and zero, and he was a Golden Glove boxer. And I'm like, oh, on the ground, Benny's got this. On the feet, <laughs> Benny's gonna get his ass whooped. Right? You knocked him down three times in the first round. I was like, I'm like. How did the, how is this possible? How is a, a grappler? I mean, how talk to you? How how was that? How, how does it happen? You know, I got Rafael Cordero as a coach, and he's he's one of the best striking coaches, in my opinion, the best. Uh, uh, and with him, he, action reaction. It's more about it. It's not just you understanding every position. It's about you being able to feel every position and be being able to respond to things and. We did a lot of that. So if he was to kick me, I, I better answer that kick. I'm not just taking a kick and just waiting there. And, and the first knockdown, that's how it came in. The second he kicked me, I came over over the top and caught him with the left hand. 
and that 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 was the kind of the plan in this fight. Pressure him and uh, try to be first. But if I'm not first, make sure I'm 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 last again. So always either you're first or you're last. And there's no there's no just Vic going. There, that that was kind of the game plan. And I think overall it worked out pretty good. Uh, but again, if I hadn't finished him in the first round, I may I may have been just completely gassed. The Barbosa <laughs> fight. That fight was like that was a hard fight to watch because that yeah. fight was so even up until that knockout. Yeah, according to to the to the numbers and and the judges too, I I, I guess I was actually qu- quite a bit ahead, which which sucks, you know. And uh, I felt really good with Barbosa. Everybody talked about his kicks, his striking, and I I didn't really feel any danger. Uh, so I kept I, I I did my striking. It's it's when I tried to transition to a takedown, he took advantage. And, and did you wake now, did, did, did you, you, when you knocked out? Did you wake up in the hospital? No, no, I I got up right away and uh, uh, just walked back and just disappointed, you know. You're such a nice guy. Like you know how you, you like build churches. You know how Tim Tebow, <laughs> Tim Tebow, when he would get tackled, he would say Jesus loves you. I, I swear. And people fucking wanted. People hated him. Maybe that should be your thing, right? Like after like someone, someone punches, punches you, Jesus loves. Jesus loves. You. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, Wood. Yes. One of the fighters that everyone talks about that you train, they say this guy in the gym is the greatest fighter of all time. They say he beats everybody in the gym. Mike Pyle. Yes. They say Mike Pyle, something happens to him. Not that he hasn't had a great career. Uh, he's an amazing career. He's got up to, I think he was ranked at high as number three at one point. Or, he you was know, up he, in the top ten, I think. Top, right, right and he's an amazing it. fighter. Yeah. Uh, but how frustrating is it coaching that guy? You know, what's funny is through the years is like, when we were all fighting, it's a guy who spent many years just whooping my ass up and down the mat. You know, like that was one of my my arch nemesis is like the worst guy. I try to like duck and go to the other side of the room when he was looking for for partners and shit. And so were a lot of people. Yeah, dude, RDA was, like, was for me. Yeah, the guy. It's just like him and Forrest were two of the guys. I was like, oh no, I, I gotta go to the bathroom. But um, Pyle is probably one of the most knowledgeable MMA guys you'll ever meet. Great grappling, just stand up, and a lot of it's just self taught. Um, so it's funny kind of to come back around after years later and to coach him after like, I would say shit, half the stuff I learned was from him. So, um, you know, he's just a part of the career of the sports. Just, you know, he's, he's no spring chicken. He's in his forties. If he was like 20 right now. And I mean, he probably would be champion. Yeah. I mean, he's got the skill set that you just, you would, you couldn't possibly, I mean, you, you wouldn't understand how good he is until you get on and grapple with him and, and or train with him, and you're just like, what the hell, man? How, how is this? He's just great, and he's a great coach, too. Um, but, yeah, like, he, he probably got in a little bit. You know, he got in a little bit early. I mean, not really, but... But his first fight was against Rampage. Yeah, his he, very first fight. <laughs> yeah. He stepped up and, yeah. and took a fight And then I court. told that story last night, which bombed. The one part of the thing was bombed, <laughs> but I feel like I had to do it just for you. It, it didn't my, bomb for me, but... My, fa- my favorite story ever is what Mike Pyle and his girl are breaking... Oh, John and his girls are breaking up, right? So his, they have his, his girl on Facebook, he's blocked on Facebook, is selling all John stuff, like, for $10. Like... Like twenty dollars cabinet, all, a fire sale, like all his shit. So Pyle calls him up. He's like, "Hey Wood, man, I gotta talk to you. Uh, yeah, your your girl, she's selling all your shit." And John's like, "What? What do you mean?" He goes, "Yeah, I just bought your couch. I bought this." And, and, and he this said, "Every time story. you go to his place, you you see your stuff." I still got my barbecue and bookshelf and all that shit. He's like, "Well, you didn't want anybody else to buy it. You might as well still." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
I gotta love the guy. Yeah. That is so funny. That, he kills me. Yeah, he's one of the funniest people too. Like if you ever hang out with him, man, he's one of the most entertaining, funny guys you'll. And ever a nice guy. He's one of those guys where he's like a pit bull. Or if he doesn't like you, you'll know it. Oh yeah. But if he if oh, yeah. he likes you, yeah. he, he'll do anything for you. He don't miss very many uh, words, man. If he like exactly if he if he if he likes you, he's gonna mess with you all day long and and make sure you know that. And if you don't, you know. You'll know that too. Now, have you seen a lot of gym beefs at Syndicate? Like fights, fighters get, get shit get real. Um, yeah, I mean, any gym, like you, we're punching each other in the face for profession. You know, shit gets out of hand a lot. Of, like it's just you, you keep control of it, and I'll, I always watch like when the guys are sparring or training. You start to hear the thuds across the room. I'll kind of walk over and, you know, I'll, I'll see what it's, what's going on. I'll tell them to chill out a little bit. Or I see somebody get hit too hard. I'll let the guy get some payback. And then it's, all right, guys, chill it down. But, yeah, I mean, it's we got a real good atmosphere in a good room at our place. You know, no, there's no real egos or anybody that's, like, puffing their chest up. So, But then again, you know, it's full of testosterone and, and sometimes lots of estrogen. But um, yeah. it's... Uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, you get hit. You're gonna want to hit somebody back. So my first time going in there, Vinny Magalish was teaching jiu-jitsu. So I'm like, oh great, I'll take his class. And it's like, okay, live rolling. Vinny goes, go with me. I'm like, oh okay, hmm. he'll go easy oh, on me. Man. You know, he, he submitted me like 19 times this in two minutes. Like he didn't even like. He, I, that dude's a monster. A monster. <laughs> He's a monster. There's That's a guy a- though, right? When you, you're like, no one's gonna beat this guy. Yeah, like if you train with him, I mean, on the ground, he's probably one of the best ground guys I've ever seen or rolled with. I mean, it's he's phenomenal. Like, it's just it's just a different level. Yeah, that's crazy. And then does Amanda Lucas still own the gym or part no, of? The- no, we uh, they went off and we split ways a while ago. Um, very grateful that she came in and, and you know I had a good run with her as a fighter too. Um, good people, but they're off just doing some other stuff now. So. Well, speaking of testosterone, Gabby Garcia huh. yesterday missed, missed oh weight by twenty six pounds. Uh, she missed an open weight. But, uh, but if it's open, like, how do you how do you miss open weight? Like, Welcome to Japanese roll sets. But isn't open weight anything? I like. I guess you can't. You would think. You would think. But yeah, she came twenty six pounds over. She's fighting a fifty two year old senator, uh, and yeah, that's stupidest shit I've ever seen. Just the whole thing from the poster design of Risen, from like Baki the grappler style to the whole thing. It's kind of got me like doing a double say, like what the fuck's going on here? It's, un- it's <laughs> unbelievable, right? I mean, I mean, it's, there's a girl who like got caught for steroids. Like, why the fuck does she need steroids? <laughs> like, like I was telling her, like, like if Roxanne Modafferi took steroids five years ago, I'd be like, you know what? Give her a couple. No, no disrespect to Roxanne, but I could, but I could see it. Sure. You know? But then you hear like cy- like even Cyborg, as good as Cyborg is, I'm sorry. There's something about that where I just get a little bit like, yeah, but those fights, early on fights, like, I just it puts an asterisk to it. Yeah. To me. For sure. Oh yeah. Uh, now one of your guys who I couldn't believe tested positive. Uh, the dude, who, the funny entrances. Uh, Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler. He's. I mean, he was convinced. He has no idea what the hell happened, and I, I believe him. So, I've been in the sport for a long time, and there's a lot of guys and a lot of guys that, that, that have done stuff. He's one of the. If I I I would bet my life, million, you know, every money that I had that, that Tom's never taken anything. The guy doesn't even take natural supplements, and what he tested positive for, I'd never even heard of, and it was like. Point oh 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 one of a picogram of something he could have got out of tap water and so we had a bunch of stuff tested and everything no idea no idea how he got popped but he I still mean, fucked for a year it was or two years oh two years he got a, it was a two-year suspension automatic two-year and uh so he's been doing a lot of pro wrestling 
Uh, suspension should be up this year, so he'll get back in there. But, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's happened to a lot of guys. I know a lot of guys that, that seriously haven't done shit, and there's a lot of guys that have. You know, Have you whole... trained with guys who you know are on stuff, and can you see the difference? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely – you guys – I mean, you can take a look at a lot of uh, pre- and post-USADA pictures and, 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 and just even performances. But personally, like, like yeah, I mean, yeah. like Vitor Belfort back in his – TRT days was like it was like a, a cartoon. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, were you training with him back then? Uh, I never really trained with Vitor. He's in the gym around, you know, for a few times. But he always had his own coaches. And yes, I've trained with a lot of guys that are on the stuff. And 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 personally, back in the day, I've done my own thing. And it does, you know, it does. Uh, it does. What's your hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what's your, what you were, you were juicing back in the day? When I was young, like never, not even like before my fighting career, just even doing stuff like that, like in, in lifting and trying to be a, you know, big tough. Where did you grow up? I grew up out here in Vegas. In Vegas? Yeah. You went to high school in Vegas? Yeah. Any college? Uh, you know, a little community here and there. <laughs> so you, now, it wasn't for me. So you went right into fighting? Uh, pretty much. I started, well, I started training when I was like 17, and then I think I had my first fight when I was 22, 21, 22. Now, they were saying back in the day, you banged half the girls on the strip. That, 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 was, that was the word on the street. Is, I mean, is there any truth to that? Oh, man, you're going to get me in trouble. No, no. I am a... Uh, um, no, that's all false. Yeah, right, all false. <laughs> now, now, I got to give you credit, though, because you're sitting there. I saw you and Jesse Jess in Japan, right? Yes. And I'm like, these two... Like I, I know you're a professional, but I'm like, if ever there were two hot messes that I could see together, <laughs> oh it would be you and Jess. I mean, here's a girl. She's got a, ta a fucking tattoo on her face. She goes for the bad boy. Yeah. Here's you. I mean, but... When it when it comes to like listen, I try to keep that stuff out of the gym. And when it comes to and I have the same talk with my fighters, and I hold myself to the thing. And I've done that one time with you know who, and it was just a horrible, horrible idea and a horrible experience. Um, sometimes I mean fighters in general just aren't the most adjusted people in the world, but sometimes female fighters just are, are a little bit less adjusted sometimes. But um, like I I just don't do that. I just try not to, you know, ever have that kind of reputation. And when it comes to somebody who's going to put their career in my hands, man or woman, I take that very seriously. So I try not to ever cross those boundaries or do anything. You're a good man. Stuff. That's that's great. And a lot of coaches feel differently. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, Serena, you haven't been on a date in six years. We got to fix this. Are you on Tinder or no. Soul Swipe or like what, nothing? Soul Swipe for black people. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. I walk Farmers into a club only? and be like, oh, hey, hi, social anxiety. No, okay, okay. No, listen, it's obvious you have social anxiety, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of men out there, probably 90% of our listeners, that also have social anxiety. That's uh, great. I've had a few slide in my DMs, and I'm like, ha, thanks for the compliment, but no. So you, well, that, well, you gotta be, don't you want to be with somebody or have a boyfriend? Or? I really, at this point, don't care. I'm more focused on training than really anything else. Um, yeah, but you know, you're young, and you, know, you, you have that's needs. Great. I do. I forget I, it. I, I, need, right. I need to train. I have You're barking need. up the wrong tree. All right, yeah. okay, all right. Don't date anybody. All right. Okay. So, so, so. <laughs> No, no. You, now, how about you? Do you get a lot of? I know that you're a big star. You're for Assyrian girls, because like I met some guys who were Assyrian. They're like, oh my god! But you're like the king. You. It was first. It was Carol Parisian. Uh, Carol kind of fell off. Now you're their their guy. Uh, do you get Persian princesses that hit you up? And, hey, come <laughs> shave me or. <laughs> <laughs> So Assyrian community, uh, pretty popular. It, it's actually really strange when I go into an Assyrian, like uh, any kind of event. I'm like, what the heck? They love you. Yeah. They love you. With that being said, when Victoria came into the picture, I got a lot of uh, 
negative. Uh, oh, they got mad at you. Oh, for sure. They got really mad at me. Oh, come on. They're like, what the hell are you doing? And blah, 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 blah. You need to date it, a girl from Glendale. Something like yeah. that, right? So with, with that being said, um, I, I, I just, you know, I had to kind of get away from social media and stuff. Victoria has all my social media. She runs it. I don't even touch that Wait, stuff did anymore. you respond to any of it like hey listen this is 2017 I could date who I, who I want you know in the beginning Plus, Asian pussy is amazing <laughs> in the beginning I was super pissed like what the heck what are you what are you freaking five years old this is not how the world works and I I would try to explain it to every single one of them and then after a while I got I got tired of it I was like dude it, it is what it is you're that's gonna, so racist you're have to, that's such bullshit that's exactly what it is racist, I think it's, it's no it, it actually yeah. is it, yeah. it is because you're you're saying basically that uh, that ethnicity is below you and yeah. you should stick to your and own. Your parents didn't care, right? No, my mom's pretty cool with this. She doesn't have a problem. She she tries to get Victoria over anytime she can. And your and, your girl's uh, Filipino. Uh, she's Vietnamese and Chinese. Not Chinese. Okay, so yeah. do you guys make like dumplings and and hookah <laughs> or like did they did they try to like, we do go overboard? Dumplings. I don't really do hookah. <laughs> no, it's not it's not my scene. <laughs> no, they don't do. Okay, all right. So let's talk about the fights going on. So a guy you fought. Uh, like like we said, he's fighting Khabib this week. Who do you like in that fight? I'm gonna have to go with Khabib. I don't. I didn't feel Barbosa so strong, or I didn't feel him uh, physically. I, I mean, his striking is good, but he didn't feel physically strong. And from what I hear, Khabib is very physically strong. So I, I got to give him the advantage. I mean, Kevin Lee says Barbosa bitches out during fights. When the going gets tough, he's gonna bitch out. I think early on, yeah. But when I fought him, I, I feel like I, I hit him quite often, and 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 they were good shots. I do you I, think maybe you should have went to the ground earlier in your fight with him? No, because I I was doing perfectly fine standing. If anything, I should have just kept it standing. It's it's when uh, I attempted to go to the ground, I I, I got in trouble. But I, I put a lot of pressure on him, and I, and I and I feel like I landed a lot of good shots. And I think because of that, he's had to deal with that. Maybe his whole career after people figured it out. Uh, who was the guy, first guy to beat him? I forget his name. Um, Jamie Varner, I think. Right? Yep. Uh, yep, Varner yep. was the first one. So yeah. everybody after that tried to do the same thing. And I think because of that, Barbosa's kind of figured it out. He knows He knows now, okay, I, I got to learn to deal with pressure. And I think that's actually helped him. John, who, who do you like? Barbosa or Khabib? Khabib. Really? Yeah. How? I mean... He's unbeaten, first off, so nobody's found a uh, answer to solve that riddle. And he's got one of the, you know, the best kind of just overpowering ground games on people. And he's relentless, and so I think he's just, you know, he's just too good. So until somebody shows me something different with him, I got to go with him. What about the striking, though? It did seem like against Michael Johnson, he was losing in the striking on the feet, and you know, this guy Barbosa—that's his whole thing. Yeah, um, I mean. Khabib's probably not the best striker in the world, but he still is going to find a way to get you down and do what he needs to do. And I think he'll do that in this fight, too. Yeah, in my opinion, Johnson, much faster starter than Barbosa. Yeah. So I think that that's why you saw him. I feel like Johnson, the first two and a half minutes of a fight, he's yeah. unstoppable. Yeah. And then after that, it, it just goes down. Serena? Khabib. Khabib. All right, so we all got Khabib on here. Mm -hmm. All right, now, I was thinking that um, Cyborg was just going to run through Holly Holm and I'm like, this is too big, too fast, too strong. Just, just, but then Kevin Lee yesterday was like, listen, it's a three-to-one favorite. And then I started thinking, you know, the last couple girls that Cyborg has beat that come from camps that are not, I mean, like Tanya Evinger, 
kind of does her own kind of makeshift camp. And then before that, Leslie Smith was like, I'm just going to punch her as hard as I can and see what happens. Whereas now we're going against Holly Holm, Jackson Winklejohn. This is like their mm-hmm. protege. They've been with her her whole career. They're going to watch so much tape. They're going to somehow I'm like, I'm starting to like convince myself that maybe Holly has a better chance than I'm thinking. Uh, talk to me. When Holly fought Ronda, I, I picked Holly right away. Yeah. Just because of footwork, I was like, "You're not gonna throw somebody you can't catch." Uh, Cyborg understands that she's got to cut off the cage, but I don't know if she's gonna be able to. And I, and I think this fight is gonna be a lot slower than people think. It, it and I, I'm pretty sure it's gonna go to a decision. It's just let's see who gets that decision. And who, who do you think's gonna win? It's a gun to your head. I'm gonna go with home. All right. Yeah. Big Wood? Holly. I think Holmes, she's a natural counterfighter, one of the best counterfighters. She is the best female counterfighter in the world, you know, in the sport. Um, that's just right up her alley. Cyborg will probably come out and might try to pressure her for a while, but I think the fight's going to slow down pretty yeah. quick, and that's where Holly will do her work and best kind of outpoint and pick. Um, I just think if you if you watch all of Holly's wins or big knockouts, it's from girls really trying to pressure hard on her. That's where she does her best thing. That's where all of her highlight reels are. If someone sits back, Cyborg is smart. She'll sit back and kind of make her come to her, but that's not her game. Yeah. She's never had a fight like that. So if she keeps pushing forward, I think she's going to get clipped. Serena? Um, I got Cyborg on this one solely because after watching Tanya fight, she was saying she was just too heavy. And then you watch Cyborg. She wasn't as, well, I put it reckless as she is in her other fights. Like She was actually calculated because Tanya can hit hard as well. Um, I think if she plays a patient game against Holm, it'll, like you said, be a slower fight. But I think it'll be something that she'll find a code to break and get in to Holly. And as long as she watches up for that kick, she can have this. Now, John, you trained Nunez a couple times. Yeah. Is she the best girl you ever trained? She's really good. She's really, really good. She's tough, man. She's she's, um, oof, she's strong. She's now, is it hard for, like, Nunez comes in from ATT. Obviously, they have you know Dean and all those guys coaching her, Mike Brown, and then she goes to you. It, is it hard to like, sort of like you don't want to step on other coaches' feet and like what they're doing? Is there? You know, like she just comes in. She's spent a couple weeks here and there, and you know I've, I've become good friends with her and Nina, and they're just awesome chicks. So like, <clears throat> whenever they come in, if she comes in and uses the gym, sometimes she comes in with her coaches, and I just let them use the gym. Sometimes, you know, I've only, I've worked with her a handful of times on pads and stuff, and it's. Super easy to work with. I never really worry about, like, if she's got a fight coming up or something like that when she was training for Ronda and she was there for two or three weeks, it was just like, listen, tell me what you're looking for. Tell me, you know, tell me what to stay away from when we're doing pads or whatever. No, I don't feel any pressure because I don't, I'm not trying to change anybody's game plan or do anything or insert myself into that. Just there to help out. So you're not saying, like, keep your right up higher? Like, are you. I mean, if I see something and she was asking, yeah, there's simple little things like that, but you don't go in when somebody's already been doing six weeks of camp, eight weeks of camp, and come in and last two weeks and try to be, oh, no, I think you should do that. But you've seen that happen before, though. Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. Happens all the time. Somebody wants to get in and, and be the. I, I, I remember you know. Connor. I remember Connor uh, Hewn. He was had a, a strike force fight. And this guy was a college wrestler, Eddie Bravo brown belt. And all of a sudden, he goes with Chris Riley. I like Chris, but he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to throw throwing elbows in this fight." I'm like elbows, like like we haven't th- we haven't yeah. worked on elbows for your whole life. Now yeah. all of a sudden, you're the like the elbow king. Like what what are you are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> but yeah. I've seen that happen before. Oh yeah, it happens. I mean, that's just. You've just got to know your place as a coach, know your role, and sometimes what you think is the best uh, might not be the best for that person, or might, but and maybe it is technically, but maybe it's just not the time. Is it hard for you to bite your tongue? The place. 
no, not really. You know, like Amanda's a very, very good, well-rounded fighter. So somebody like that, it's, you're working with the champ, the best in the world. So it's not like you're working with some slapdick that's like, oh my God, you suck. You know, you should be doing this. No, you got the highest level athlete already. So there's right. not really much she's doing wrong anyways. Now your fighter uh, who's fighting this week, Khalil. Yes. Uh, Khalil, obviously his Achilles heel seemed to be wrestling in the beginning. How did, we, how did you work on getting him to be better at uh, takedown defense and whatever? Uh, lots of sacrificing my brain cells and just shooting on him and having to you know, <laughs> just beat the holy hell out of me a lot of times. That's guy's probably giving me more concussions than anybody. Really? Yeah. It's it, like So, I mean, with an athlete, the guy's just a superior athlete, just a natural-born athlete. And you get these guys that are really good at something. He's a natural-born striker. You know, so making people have tendencies to do what they really really love to do and not do the things that they really don't like to do um so you have to kind of trick them sometimes into forcing them into do that so i you know we work a lot of pad work how it was just really was was getting in the pad work a lot and just shooting shooting and shooting and shooting do you put him in with like d1 shooting. wrestlers and say listen just yeah he goes with everybody you know like him and sanchez they had the fight in the ultimate fighter finale and now they they train together and so they'll you know he gets in there with it's funny like i got five guys that have all fought each other you know in the ufc but um yeah, it's just basically making, you know, finding sometimes, finding ways to trick people into doing stuff that they don't want to do. And, you know, a lot of times with guys like that or any of my guys, it's just kind of try to do the inception factor, plant the seed, make it think, make them think it's their thought, and then come back and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're so right. You know? Now, a guy like uh, Kiesa, who, beyond tough, I yes. mean, that was a fight other Benny. I was like, if this goes to the ground, I got Benny. And Kiesa's just a fucking... I don't know what's wrong. That guy's like next level. Uh, uh, but Kiesa keeps going from your camp to that, back to Seattle, back to your camp, back to Seattle. Is that frustrating? Do you want to tell guys like, I'll work with you, but I need five fights or I need three fights because if, you know, like, um, Kiesa is my boy, really good friends. And, you know, I've done three or four of his camps and, um, sometimes it's just, it's really the fighter just kind of has to, yeah, jumping around a lot is maybe not the best thing. Um, but it's really, that's another one of those spots you got to kind of just know your place. Like, he's one of those guys that if he, I just talked to him the other day, you know, anytime he wants to come out and work, I'll, I'll, I'll have him out, you know, because I, I just, I love him personally and, you know, whatever. But yeah, I'm not a firm believer in just kind of bouncing around from camp to camp to camp to camp to camp. But, uh, you know, he does the bulk of his work in one spot and goes out and kind of does his and fight He, like, camps. built a house. He's kind of like, yeah. a, like a long man. Like, he's like a, a beard and, yeah, like, a weirdo. Yeah, he's, he's a lumberjack, man. He's, he's, a, lumberjack. A, he's a straight lumberjack. So. Yeah, there's a guy that if he wasn't fighting, he'd have 12 bodies buried in his backyard. <laughs> or, uh, he's like a good a, dude, man. He is. A, yeah, I love Kiesa. So, Serena, uh, now, do you think Serena's ready for the pros? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're there. We're, we're just waiting for the right fight. If something, you know, whatever comes up, we're going to get her fighting soon. It's kind of the holiday season, so a lot of this promotions and shit slow down at the end of the year. But um, we're just kind of putting the feelers out and seeing what comes back, you know. I, I wouldn't be opposed if, uh, if a good, you know, uh, amateur fight popped up that, you know, just to stay busy, then so I, I'd be okay with that. But, yeah, we're looking for the right pro fight right now, and we're going to get a girl in pro this year. And then you, you, you have a day job, right, you're telling me? Yeah, I just write. That's what you do. I, write, you write? I also help Roxy teach uh, the kids at a syndicate for kids jujitsu as well. It's oh, nice! Kinda, it's kind of cute watching all these like five to eight year olds scramble. It's like watching puppies play. But I'm like, oh, yeah, I watch her. Then so I watch Jesse Jess coach other. little kids. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like man, if, like it's if a little I, bit different. It's Get out of here, you little fucker! Oh, you're so funny. She's so fun and hot. That girl, I thought, like, I uh, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Carla Esparza versus Cynthia Calvillo. Well, who do you like in this one, Benny? 
Uh, I haven't seen it a lot from Cynthia. I, 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 Six and zero. Yeah, I wish I saw a little bit more for her wrestling. But to be honest, I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to go with her. She's she's looking pretty good in her striking. She's tough, mentally really tough, and uh, she's she's. I think she'll grind it out. Yeah, cover you. Same. I, I find that coaching girls, cause I coach wrestling. When I coach little girls, it's so much easier than coaching guys because they don't fuck around. <laughs> really? They don't fuck around. They're not like ever, not pulling each other's pants down. They're not like, oh, can we play a game? It's always, can we play a game? Yeah, the game's winning wrestling matches, you little fuckers. Okay, that's, that's like, I, got you, I got you twice a week. It's always, can we play a game? I'm like, no, we're not playing a game. The other coach, let's just play. I don't care, okay? And, and then, but the girls, they never, they listen. They want to learn. The hard part, though, is that they're way harder on themselves. If they don't get something, they they beat, they, they get down. And I have to like build them up. The guys sometimes I gotta be like, you're not as good as you think you are. Like in, in a way, like like we have to work. The girls, I gotta be like, hey, you doing okay? It's okay. Like, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll get there. Uh, is that your experience with coaching girls and guys? It's oh man, it's a mixed bag. Um, it, it's definitely uh, I've done really really well with with women. I've had a lot of success in women's MMA. Got a great you know winning record and stuff. But um, it's it's definitely different than coaching guys, man. It's a whole different perspective on both sides. And like I said, you got that little thing called estrogen that sometimes you know flows a little heavy, and you got to sometimes the things that I would say to somebody you know as a guy I can't say to the girls and you know. But for me, truthfully, I really try to treat my female athletes who want to be treated equally. Yeah. I try to treat them the same way um, that I do my male athletes. I don't think anybody different. They don't get any breaks. They don't get any. I mean, she'll tell you I've probably yelled at her and made her cry. I've made every girl on the team cry multiple times, basically almost every day, but in a loving, kind <laughs> manner. Wow. <laughs> what, what an endorsement for the gym. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not just it's just the way it happens. It obviously works wonders. I mean, look at us. So Yeah, you guys are killing it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, working with women, I always find it a little bit different because you want to criticize them, but you got to do it in a way where they're not going to take it and, and just explode. You know, that 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 seems to be the hardest part. But with men, I'm just like, dude, they don't like it when you call them fat. Oh, really? I, I wasn't even going to say that fat today. <laughs> no, you said that before. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I personally say I'm fat. You know, I just don't care. Some other ones yeah, I've seen, they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, get used to it. <laughs> I, I, I've had a hard one. Like, I'm trying to teach the guy, okay, take your hand, put it on her thigh. I feel like I'm directing a porn. <laughs> I'm like, this, is, this sounds were. a lot worse than it actually is. Now, um, weight cutting. Now, how hard is it as a coach for you? Like, when you see someone, like Kevin Lee said he, he lost 22 pounds the night before his last fight. Uh, as a coach... How do you deal with that? What's, what's your strategy? Uh, I try to stay on top of that a lot earlier than the night before. You know, I try to have a, a, a goal of, okay, here's, here's what I want you to weigh fight week. You know, no more than 10, no more than 12, depending on who it is. Sometimes the women, I want you to be a little bit lower. Uh, that's one thing I've learned the hard way several times is staying on fighters. And then by staying on, I mean putting them on the scale and looking every day or every other day. Does that lie to you? Oh, God. Oh, just they lie straight through their teeth a lot of times. Like it's it's happened a lot lately. But you got to just monitor it. You know, it's just the one thing with fighters is a lot of times the more the more you're on top, the more monitoring, the more <clears throat> you're gonna get better results. It's just one of those things. It's 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 literally like coaching is like being the the principal of a middle school. Sometimes you know you yeah. have to stay on top of managing all these little facets and everything. But um, that's something for me. I know I'm I'm trying to get you know into involved and in, in staying 
overseeing all those facets and bringing more people in to help. And you now, it know. seems like a lot of fighters break. Like when there's four pounds left, they're like, I can't do it. I can't. Like they just say, I can't do it. I can't do it. Now, do you? Are you one of those guys like you can do it? You give them the whole Rocky speech, or are you just like uh, fuck it? You want to quit? Quit? No, 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 no. Um, we never quitting is usually not an option. The only time I ever have somebody quit is when I know. Like, it was a short notice fight, or you're gonna, like, and you're gonna do damage, like, to where it's like, okay, we're gonna miss by two pounds, but those two pounds might even one take you out of that fight, or you're gonna have a horrible, horrible performance. And you've seen a lot lately, so, a lot lately, so many people have been hospitalized, even died, you know, weight cutting. So it's kind of one of those things you gotta really, really be careful with. Um, I, like I said, I try to handle that weeks before. And there's some dudes that are just really good at cutting weight, man. There's some guys that are good at it, but eventually that shit catches up with that's you. A, that's yeah. the thing, especially with college wrestlers. Yeah. Because college wrestlers were, like, I was cutting, like, the reason I quit wrestling was because I was cutting 21 pounds a week. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, the fuck am I doing? I'm not getting paid for this. Like, eventually I, I kind of just broke. And yeah. looking back at it, I wish I would have handled it differently. Yeah. But I think a lot of times guys do it in college. And then they all of a sudden they hit their thirties and and they're like, oh, I can do. It. When I was nineteen, I cut twenty. And they, yeah. their body says, no, you can't do this anymore. Uh, you see it with Johnny Hendricks, perfect example of somebody who probably cut badly his whole life. Your body takes a toll. I think it takes a toll on your brain. It takes a toll on everything, man. But Benny, how much you cut? Um, man, the week of the fight, I don't have more than fifteen to go. I'm, I'm normally one seventy, and I'll do all water from there. Well, look, you look like you could be forty five. No, uh, no way. <laughs> I, everybody always says that to me, but it's, it's it's just not gonna happen. Um, I'm pretty lean. I just don't get abs. I don't know what it is. Like body I fat, ha I have the same problem. I know yeah. you struggle, <laughs> man. My body fat is like less than ten. I'm like around nine during the week of the fight. Sometimes eight, but still no no abs. It's it's, it's just one of those things. So. Making it to 145, I think I would kill myself. Now, when, when you're talking about guys cutting weight, some guys, in my opinion, are too tough, and those are the guys I worry about. Guys who are like, oh, I can't do it. I'm like, okay, okay. I, I prefer guys to be that way because I know they're not going to hurt themselves. I'll be like, okay, let's do this. Take a break. We'll think about this, and, and, and then we'll, we'll reset and try again. And, and if you can't, that's fine. That's normally how I like to approach it. My problem is guy like Giga, he's a K1 fighter, one of the best guys in glory right now. And uh, he, he just fought in China. So he got a short notice fight and he's like, yeah, I'm going to take it. Okay. So we, we fly out to China and uh, he wants to do two practices a day. And it's he a 20 hour to, flight. Yeah. Right. Right off when we got off the plane, he puts on his sweatsuit, he put, <laughs> puts on a bunch of clothes. He puts, what is that? crap that makes you sweat the rubber the suit Abilene? the Abilene no, and then the new one the sweet sweat, sweet sweat. like all of this stuff he, he gets into the mode and we start working so we do one practice and I'm like okay cool time to chill and then like six seven hours later he's like I think we should do another practice like that and I'm like dude you're gonna kill yourself and how much weight does he have to lose he had to lose like 20 pounds in, in that Jeez. one week uh, or actually in that like three four days so I'm like I don't I, I think we should chill and he's like no 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 let's do it I was like it's I can't say no he's, at that he's point. He's Brazilian? No, no, he's uh from the Republic of Georgia. It's a uh, former Soviet uh yeah. union. So with that being said, guys like that who who've made the weight who just think I just got to go harder, those those are the guys that scare did, me. Did he make weight? He he made weight, but like Did he win his fight? Uh he he lost a weird decision, but it was an awesome fight. Amazing fight, man. I I I'd watch that fight over and over again. But like guys like him, guys like Hoffa, RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos, to be honest, he, his last like three, four fights at lightweight, he shouldn't have been at lightweight. I watched him make weight 
his last fight against Ferguson. I was there. Uh, actually, I was there for his fight with. Uh, uh, why am I forgetting his name right now? Um, Ferguson, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez, yeah, with uh, Eddie Alvarez, he uh, and uh, with Eddie Alvarez, he passed out. He passed out twice making weight, and, and he still ended up fighting. And then against Ferguson, we spent a lot of time in elevation, which actually I think helped him get leaner. Because when you're in elevation, I guess your your muscles get leaner and and you get rid of unnecessary muscle. So the day he made weight, he got on. To the uh, he made 156 or 155 I don't remember and I remember he got out of the bath and I, it was my turn to go in we only had one bath so I went in and I jumped in and I think it took me like 30 minutes to cut, cut the last two pounds or three pounds I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was I got out I, I, I cleaned myself off I'm, I'm pretty pretty dehydrated it sucks and I walk out and he's still sitting in the hall because he can't get up uh, he literally couldn't get up. Day before the fight. This is the day before the fight. He's gonna go way in right now. All he had to do was walk, maybe like you could tell. I mean, Eddie Eddie clipped him once and yeah. he was out. He was out, and he never was able to recover. He had a lot of time to recover, but he just couldn't. Now at that point, you put all your money on Eddie Alvarez. <laughs> no, no, not, no way. So, but like with that being said, man, he couldn't even walk to the weigh-ins. Now we had to help him walk to the weigh-ins, but he's so tough. He's his mind is so tough. He's he's done it so many times. He just says, "Oh, I'll be able to do it." Those are the guys. At one seventy now, he's killing it. Exactly. Those are the I guys mean, that scare me. That are so tough that they they might kill themselves cutting weight. Yeah, uh, Serena. So you're twenty two pounds over right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what now? Are we going to be smart about this? Yeah, I've put John and Roxy through enough. And can't you just miss weight and say I have autism? Or, or no? no, that that no, wouldn't work. That work. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm, I'm sick of women who also use, oh, I had my period, excuse, great, we all get a period, just keep track of it. Well, if you don't go on dates, you'll keep getting them. I'm tired, quite honestly, of fighters literally killing themselves, making weight from people having kidney failures, people like literally dying, like in 1FC. I'm, it makes me really angry seeing that, of course, Gabby Garcia missing all that weight. Yeah. Topping that tops like what mayhem, mayhem, like, yeah, mayhem. This way by 24 pounds, got off the scale, took off his shorts, and went back on. And I was like, just gonna like, say that. Out of here. that was the best thing ever. I'm like, unless you got some weights in those shorts, like, get the fuck you out know what? He said he had a speedo on underneath the shorts, and he was gonna go on again in like, like a fucking you know, Marx Brothers yeah. skit or something. But Jesus like, Christ, yeah, mayhem, mayhem is a guy though. You look at natural talent, and there's a guy, hard work as well, but natural talent of. What if? Uh, how many guys do you see walk into your gym? You've opened five gyms where you're just like, fuck, if he just would have, the, either the girlfriend or the relationship or All the, the drugs. The, or- the biggest thing is, uh, you know, having the talent, it, it's, that's, uh, that's obviously awesome to have and that natural ability and being an athlete, but if you don't have the mindset to go with it and to get both of those that's where you you know you end up with championship quality guys it's very few and far between you know there's guys that you just have to have the drive the heart you have to have the chin you have to have the athleticism you have to have everything all there to kind of line up to get that 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 title there are some guys that have worked over the years that are just grinders the Forrest Griffins the people that have grinded their way to the top Biz being Clay Guida yeah they just haven't been the best but got there and got a title and got whatever after just tenaciousness and just you know devotion to the sport that's how I feel about me and McComedy 
I, don't, I, got, I got taking comedy 20 years ago. Iron Man, I was man. not the best comic in my comedy class that I took. I'm never the best comic, but you do the most amount of sets, and you write the most, and you work the hardest. Eventually, you outwork everybody. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys, a lot of talent I've seen wasted on the mats. A lot of talent. Yeah, it's, it's at a point where I, I like don't even believe in the word talent. I, I, I've come to realize, like, okay, this guy's got like awesome physical tools, but... He's not there mentally. Okay, mm. no good. And then there's guys, vice versa. They they got it. They got a good mindset, and they're able to do it. Another thing is, you see a guy who's who's new, and compared to another guy who has a lot of experience, this guy's super motivated. Experienced guy, not that motivated. But if you think about it, the experienced guy is way better. He's just not motivated. So there's so many factors. So I I just stop believing in that. That's the yeah. That's the thing. Like when I was in high school, I was always the best guy in the room. Wrestling. When I went to college, I'm no longer the best guy in the room, but I got so much better because I was getting my ass kicked by better guys. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that comes to mind is this guy Nganu, Francis Nganu. I remember Dewey huh. Cooper telling me uh, he didn't even know he didn't know anything when he came to the gym. Uh, he he didn't know he he knew a little bit here, a little bit there, but he got. But now that he actually knows stuff or he's learning the technique, it's it's gonna be you like yeah. him over Stipe or what? Oh yeah, really? Yeah, I, I I've just. I held pads for him once, and I've I've seen him in the gym and doing stuff. And that guy, whew, I mean, it's a different kind of monster. Like, Stipe is obviously a really good fighter and a, and a really good, you know, he, he's he's a good wrestler. He's got some good striking. He's he's tough. But this guy, he's one of those kind of freight trains that's coming through, and I just don't know. Was he the hardest guy you've ever held pads for? He's, he's the hardest? one of them, man. Like that guy for sure is like, yeah, it's 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 freakish. Now who's the, now there are guys like I heard like Kelvin Gastelum in the gym. Everybody beats him up. Like he comes late, leaves early. You're, you're like this guy's, and then he goes out there, and it's just a different monster. And then there I, on season seventeen, I was an assistant coach for John Jones, and every fight I was like fight Kelvin yeah <laughs> I was like fight Kelvin everybody was like I want to fight Kelvin I'm like do it and then he'd go out there and just tear through everybody it was crazy you know with Kelvin it's so interesting he'll uh, he'll show up eight weeks before his fight and I'm just like no man th- there's no way you're ready to fight you're gonna need another like 12 weeks and then there's two weeks left and I'm sparring with him I'm like this is a different person I-, I can't keep up with him he's moving well I think for him, it's 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 just focus. Whether it be in the gym or in the fight, it's just focus. If he shows up focused in the gym, guess what? You're getting your ass kicked. He's he's that good. I still don't think he should be 85 though. I I mean, I, I mean, I think you think him versus Romero or, or Whitaker. I mean, I just think it's gonna be the same thing against Weidman, where these guys are just a good big guy beats a good smaller guy most of the time. But against Woodley. Here's a guy who was in the hospital 10 hours before the fight, missed weight by like seven pounds, almost died, and you could argue that he beat Woodley. It was a very, very close fight. Yeah, but I, even against Weidman, I felt he did really well. Uh, he, he dropped him in the first, and he was he was there. It, it, with Kelvin, again, it doesn't matter the weight class. It's more about his focus, and I, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna continue to believe in that because I've seen him go from just shows up. And I'm like, did you not even a professional to just an absolute animal? I told so, him, I go, I heard girls beat you at the like, like girls <laughs> off the street. And they come in they're the first day, they're just, just you know tapping Kelvin. But then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah. Well, that's like what we were talking about before. So if you get a guy like that who has that kind of ability, and you start putting other little pieces that maybe you're, you know, keeping him in the gym all the time, and he starts to find the fire, like he'll be a real champion. You know, he's got that potential for sure. But then you have other guys where I don't want to say pile, but other guys where you're like at the gym, they're 
1,000 and 0, and then they go out there and the, the lights get to them? Or? You just never know, man. The psychology of the sport is the biggest thing. I feel like there's a lot of areas that the guys are lacking in and just keeping the, you know, their mind sharp and stuff because you can train all day long, but when you get out there, eventually you start to let the what-ifs, the oh, my God, that's why I tell my guys, make sure you handle all that shit. You take as much of that out of the play of like, oh, I should have done this, I should have done extra trail, I should have. And if you know you have and you trust your team and you trust the people around you that have said, man, you've done everything you can do, then it's just a matter of you going and fighting somebody and being better than they are or they're being better but than But aren't you. there guys that thrive on chaos? Like, I remember yes. when Manny Pacquiao <laughs> had, like, nine girlfriends, was, like, on cocaine, uh, steroid allegation. I think he was wanted to be assassinated. He goes out there and destroys Barrera, Morales, and then all of a sudden he finds Jesus. He's in church every day and he's getting knocked out by Marquez. So, isn't there sometimes where it's the uh, the opposite is true? Are you trying to blame the Jesus on this? I, I don't know. I'm just. Have you seen it the other way? Yes, I've seen it every which way you can. I mean, in our sport, even we have champions in our sport now. Some of the are people that are the best fighters in the world that have survived and won titles off of coke binges and all kinds of crazy stuff so yeah. there, there's just two different sides of it it just really depends on the person but I'd say more more likely but if you're listening kids out there more likely than not the person who has their shit together and who's not doing those go things go to the Jesus side that's, is, the, better. Going, that's yeah. the better side that's the best way to say <laughs> it so we got Dan Hooker versus Mark Diakis. Uh, the uh, who do we like in this fight to be honest I haven't seen either one of the guys fight too much but from what I hear um uh, uh, Dakius, I'm not sure how you say his name. He he he's supposed to be a savage, so I'm looking forward to watching this fight. Yeah, I go with the same guy. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I, I, I've seen a couple of his fights, and he's a very talented guy. I definitely go with him. Same unpronounceable name. I've watched a few of his fights on Fight Pass and everything, just because. And I'm like, Holy shit! I'm like looking at Roxy, who's also like bug eyed. So yeah, and a fight that got announced today: Tisha Torres versus Jessica Andrade. Oh, Jessica Ooh. Andrade when she's on. It's like a mini Vanderlei Silva. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just and I cheap. feel like she's on every mm-hmm. time, except for the Joanna fight. I thought she was on there too. She tossed her. She 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 was hitting her. It's just Joanna came yeah. in sharp. Yeah, mm-hmm. she really did. Man, I I want Tisha to win so much. I like Tisha, but this girl. When I saw her murder Jessica Penne, <laughs> and then I was there, and then I saw her murder. Claudia? Yeah. And then... I didn't expect that one. I no didn't one see did. That. Nobody no did. No one did. <laughs> Holy shit. And then she... I mean, she's just like a... It's hard to train for a girl. Like, how do you train for a girl like that? You got to bring in like a pit bull or something. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you do that? I would bring in guys because she can... When she grabs you, she can toss you. It's so it's so easy the way she tosses people. I know there's technique to it, but you can see that she's really physically strong. Her punches are powerful. I would bring in guys to train with. Just just so you can get used to somebody stronger than you. Yeah. Uh, Louis Smoka versus Matus Nicola from Brazil. Do we know these guys? Nope. All right. Uh, Marvin Vittori. Is that, is that your boy? That's my boy. The Italian Dream against uh, Wolverine, Omari Akhmedov. Now, th- is this guy from Dagestan? I believe so, yeah. What is it about this fucking place? Like, they, they... Have you been there? No, have yeah, you been there? How about that? <laughs> Yeah, I've been down to that part of the country, yes. it's uh, That's all those guys have, is to get in there and train like savages all day. That's the way they get out of that place, and you know, and they're 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 like soldiers. Why were you do- what were you doing there? Fights. Uh, I don't, I've been down there all. Have you been there? Fights. I have not, but I've heard stories about Chechnya, and uh, 
like he said, they're soldiers, and it's easier living being a fighter than it is anything else. Because, well, for example, the president loves MMA, so he'll take care of you if you're a fighter. Ah, uh, now it starts to make sense. I you know, know that little tidbit. Guys like uh, guys like uh, Khabib, uh, Rashid Magomedov, guys like that, they're taken care of. They're loved. They're adored. I mean, it's kind of my wrestling team. He's 12 years old. He he does jujitsu. He's second in the state in kickboxing. He does boxing and and now now he does wrestling. And he, and he's from there, Chechnya. Yeah. And he I'm like, yeah. And he doesn't look. He looks like worse shape than you, Benny. But 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 he's just <laughs> thank you. About the Benny's in very good shape. But uh, but that's not just, true actually. He has that. He has that bare strength. So all right. So should I put money on Marvin? I would. You would honestly? Yes. Even though the other guy's from Dagestan? I don't care where he's from. All right, okay. All right, uh, Miles Jury versus Rick Glenn. This is a good fight. Rick Glenn, Team Alpha Male, tough guy. Miles Jury, Jury Jiu-Jitsu. Man, that's going to be a scrap. Um, I don't know who to go with one on that one. That's a, I think I'd go with Jury on that one, maybe. Serena? I guess I'll go with Jury because, yeah, that will be a scrap. It's like who's going to implement their game first? I think he's going to play it smart, look for the takedown. Because I, I watched uh, Rick Glenn fight before. He's susceptible to the takedown. Uh, training at Team Alpha may, might change that, but I think if, if Jury coming off a couple of losses, and I think he recently won one, but just being smart, I think he's going to play it smart and go for the takedown. And then your boy is fighting a guy named Michael... All a sexual. They did a great job with with this card. I mean, it's like alphabet soup. I mean, this is the biggest, <laughs> the fucking biggest card of the year. I, I don't I don't know how to. I mean, I'm bad at pronouncing names, but now come on. Uh, this looks like what, what is this? It's like all right, it's in an education I, lesson. I have one. no idea how to pronounce that guy's name. He's from Poland. What do we know? Have you been watching tapes of him? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's um typical like kind of Eastern European. Comes out, throws a lot of hooks, a lot of big bombs. Um, good stand up, tough guy. It's gonna be a scrap. It's definitely going to be a scrap, and somebody's going to get knocked out. Now, Khalil's got Not really good power. Oh, God. Like, in, like his last fight, I mean, he knocked the guy out like he was... Yeah, it's he, he's freakish power, too. Like, he's one of those guys super fast, accurate, and hits like a truck. Polish guys are tough, yeah. from what I hear. Because uh, watching Fabrizio fight, like, uh, Tibura or whatever his yeah. name is... After Fabrizio hit him so many times, I'm like, dude, why isn't this guy going down? And everybody was telling me, yeah, Polish guys are just, they're Now, that's they're your coach, Fabrizio, tough. right? Uh, Fabrizio? Yeah. He's my teammate. Your teammate, right? Yeah. Uh, now, Rafael Cordero is my coach, and then Fabrizio is my teammate. Now, do you are you on Team Fabrizio or Team Colby as far as uh, oh, throwing the boomerang? Fabrizio, 100%. You know, I was there for that, right? You were there? I was in the middle of that. I okay, all right. There. Okay, let's go. All right, no, no I did not know I that. All right, now the podcast starts. There we go. So I can't believe you didn't. Colby Covington says his story is Fabrizio sucker punched him or punched him in the face. Then Colby, like... I don't know, it got broken up, and then he threw a boomerang at him. Yes. That's not what's on the tape, though. But is that what happened? Uh, so I was standing there, actually had my back facing somebody else, and all of a sudden I get uh, like slammed into from behind. I hear this, oh, wow, what motherfucker? And I turn around, and I thought they were play fighting because they start squaring up and like – they're starting, you know, they're like dancing around in the street. And I was just like, what's going on here? Okay. And then I realized, I was like, oh, wait, that's Verdum. And okay, this makes sense yeah. now. <laughs> you know? And so then he threw a kick at him and like it was this big thing. And so then they got kind of pushed out to the street. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sit back and we're gonna do this, enjoy this it. Goes. Yeah. yeah. And then I felt bad because one of the, the UFC guys there, he was just this little tiny guy, got in the middle and was trying to break it up. I was like, oh, man. But did Verdum hit him first? 
Uh, I do not know. I had my back. I just know that I got slammed into and then turned around. So Verdum, something definitely happened. Like I think he knocked his phone out of his hand is what the deal was. And I think they watched the tape after. I think he came up and slapped. Show? Yeah, like slapped the phone out of his hand. I don't think he hit him. Um, and then uh, they had the exchange or something like that. And then it was just, yeah. Because the way Colby described it, you're like, oh, okay, I could see why Colby would be upset if Verdum hit me and then threw a boomerang at me. But but <laughs> like, like that's not a very nice way to behave. But then I'm thinking, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And if Berdoom did throw a punch at him, like, would he just take it? I mean, like a, an open hand punch. That's a that's a huge guy. Yeah, throwing that a was punch a at you. Uncomfortable feeling. Trying to, I was trying to like kind of. Yeah, I was like, gonna oh, say, you know. And then you got Cordero, who's there too, who's a phenomenal, you know, ex fighter. And, and you know, I, he wasn't even like, stopped oh, from when I watched the video. Uh, Cordero wasn't even Master Half Isle wasn't even trying to go in front of uh, Fabricio. He was like, no. okay. And no, just, it was. He, it he was, just had his arms crossed. I feel, and I felt like you know, if something went down, he was going to be the first one to go in. So yeah. that's a that's a sticky situation. It was, first, it was. I was like, oh shit, my yeah. butt was puckering on that one. Yeah, I would be. I've had people get mad at me. Like I have other managers get mad at me for for retweeting Colby stuff. I retweet everybody's stuff. Anybody talks shit, yeah. I just kind of a funny stuff to do, yeah. regardless if I'm friends with them or not. I think it's kind of funny, but I don't support. I think Colby. What I thought he was doing was like a shtick, like chael. But I'm starting to think that he actually believes this, and then it stops becoming fun. Because when you start saying you're all filthy animals, or this place is a dump, or I was like, and I asked him, like, Colby, what about the people that you train with that are Brazilian? He goes, well, they left Brazil, didn't they? Like, <laughs> which was actually a pretty, a pretty good answer. Uh, yeah. But I, I, you go, well, come on, man. Like, it's funny if you just say, but when you start actually thinking it's serious, it's like, okay, this is no longer funny now. It's just being... Racist or uh, people gonna say Brazil's not a race. Okay, okay, you, you, you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Stupid. Ignorant, you know, or I mean, they do bigoted. kind of chant at you. You're going to die while you're out there. But they fighting. weren't saying you're gonna die, Colby. No, like, like, like it's one thing if like if, if, if he was the only I can one. I get why some American fighters might not like Brazilian. Yeah, I fought Brazilian there three times. Brazilian. The thing is, during the match, it's like that. It's yeah. it's I I hate it. It makes me nervous. It's a volatile situation. It's it's not fun. But after the match, everybody's super nice, yes. and, and they treat you yeah. good. So I've, I've I've come to just learn to deal with it. But but dude, the guy was not helping himself. I think. Well, if he if he now is coaching the Ultimate Fighter and he's getting at the title shot. Maybe he is helping himself, which is uh, bad because now what's the next precedent? The next guy goes, well, the all black is, people, are, I mean, yeah, are we going all Jews? Every, every I mean, precedent's like, yeah. been set now, yeah. like, we're broken. Like, you can just kind of talk your way, like we were talking about earlier, or shit talk your way into a into a spot like that or a title fight. Or, so everybody's doing it. You've seen yeah. this wave, and then you've seen the wave of champions. I just want money fights. I want money fights. So now yeah, that's, you're that's clogging up so all stupid. the divisions. It's like, dude, fight the guys that have fought, you know, whatever. And if, if you're an entertaining fighter... People are going to want to watch you fight. It doesn't matter. Like, you're going to get money fights by being an entertaining fighter, not by calling out another entertaining fighter. Yeah, yeah. As much as yeah. I hate to say it, Colby at least beat uh, Damian Maya, who, in yes. my opinion, is one or two on, on the contenders list. Absolutely. So, with that being said, I, I, he's, he has that to his name. He, I, just, I still just think he's kind of an idiot. I, I don't agree with what he's doing. I... I like Colby as a person. He's a, he's a, I was always been a friend of his, but I would, I'd be like, Colby, don't fucking do this. What are you doing? I mean, it's not a way. Come on, man. You can't call people animals and a, a whole you know, group of, a whole nation of people. Now, you train with Ferguson, right? No. You never trained with, who do you think wins, Ferguson or Connor? Oh, I think Ferguson for sure. I, 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 Ferguson, one, is awkward. Two, has unlimited cardio. And, and, and three, he can take a shot. However, right, 
Connor seems to hit people and they go down. I mean, look at Aldo. But if they don't, if they don't go down, at fifty-five, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think. Uh, I mean, he hit Nate Diaz. Diaz went down like three times. He yeah. hit um, Eddie Alvarez. Alvarez didn't know yeah, where he was. Man, Eddie Alvarez looked like crap in that fight. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. There's always that and chance. Tony gets hurt. Hit a lot. Yeah, there's always that chance. I'm not saying there isn't that chance, but if that's the only thing that's that's gone, then I'm going to go with Ferguson. If if your only thing is, oh, if he hits him that one time, well, what if it goes five rounds? Yeah. What if it goes to the ground? Who who wins then? And I think Ferguson has the advantage and all of that stuff, so I'm going Ferguson. Uh, that's a tough fight. It's tough to bet against Connor. you know, on any of the stuff that he's done. He's obviously an extremely good fighter, and it does hit like a truck. Um, but if you look at Connor too, he's also there to get hit. He gets hit a lot, too. He just moves and stuff. Everybody that's ever fought him has hit him, you know, but he's got a great chin. I, I, I would tend to lean to Ferguson on that one, but that's a, that's a, I'd say it's a 50-50 kind of toss-up in that. Now, do you think if he boxes De La Hoya, if that ever happens, who wins that boxing match at this point? <sighs> Man, uh, I'm going Connor. Uh, Connor, really? Bro, Del Hoyo's been doing what? Like just partying? So is and Connor. Dressing up in women's clothes. Well, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Del Hoyo's been doing that for what? The past 10 years? Connor, Man, your maybe. your party years, you never dress up in pantyhose and put on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Serena, who do you like in that fight? I like Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they pretty much said everything about the hitting and everything. And once you someone figures out Connor's awkward style and moves around it, they do well. Have you trained with Misha ever? Um, she did drag me to Extreme Couture once to um, John's um, disapproval. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> he was nice about it. He just called me a traitor once. And, uh, so <laughs> what, just, uh, and, what, and what happened? Oh, um, that was when she was getting ready for Holly Holm. She, um, after my fight against Bridget Nielsen, she bought me dinner. The one who banged Flavor Flav? No, different balloons. Okay. Right, go on. The yeah. deaf one. Oh, the deaf one. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, she gave me a victory dinner. I'm like, hey, thanks. If you need anything, just call me. Um, a few weeks later, she's like, hey, can you help me be part of my uh, training camp? I'm like, sure. She was nice to me, sure. And um, yeah, we did that. Um, I pretty much got ragged all around. I was in the air thinking to myself, what the fuck did I sign up for? And then it just hit the floor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but did, did you hold your own against Misha? I did. There's times I actually escaped from some of her wrestling, but um, she was good. She was in fight camp. I was fat because the holidays. Did she have the nicest butt you ever trained with? Hmm. I wasn't looking, so. No. I do a lot of girls head on you. A lot of girls assume you're a lesbian. and I have everybody hit me I'm like thanks you I've get, had you, some pro fighters slide in my snapchat when I'm just taking like innocent little pics with like my bird or something they're like I'm like thanks um thank you for the compliment um but, you, you um, have a bird yeah <laughs> of course she has a bird how many birds do you have just one oh, does it talk yeah what does it say? Just says its name. Calls me mom. Plays video games. Put on Tekken on practice mode. And it like moves the joystick with its foot and just pecks the buttons. And oh, that's that's cool. That's, that's totally normal. He thinks he wins. And jumps up and down. You know. All right. I'm. So people see you with your bird, and then they send you vagina shots. No, they, well, it doesn't go that far. Thank uh, God. Because oh, okay. then I'd be like, get myself yeah. a bird. <laughs> all right, Serena and the bird. All right, so uh, Carlos Condit, Neil Magny. I got Condit all day. Condit. I'm gonna go with Magny. Really? Why is this? Just because Condit's coming off a long layoff, and it, it, it seems like almost, I'm not, I'm not sure his situation, but it seems like he's just coming in for a nice payday, and, and when guys come in just for a payday, this is not a sport you want to do just for a payday. So with that being said, I know Magny's hung, hungry. I know he fights a lot, and uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Magny. 
Now, have anybody from your hometown ever offered you their daughters to marry? Yes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what, from uh, now, people in Assyria say, hey, marry my daughter? No, no, no. I mean, uh, Iran? Iran, too, and Syria, and, and like, even here, it's just. I think it's one of those things. They're like, "Oh, you, you should meet my daughter. You would love her. You can have her." And think it's just that's crazy. You could have her, like you know, get married. Basically, it, it, I think it's a cultural thing. Like setting people up, get married. That's super do, popular. Do you look at any of the daughters at all, or do you, or do you say no? Most I, of the time, no. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Are any of them kings? Like, do you ever think maybe you could become a like uh, become a, a prince king. or something? Uh, or? No, no, I don't think so. None of that. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think we covered all the fights pretty much. Uh, we got all of them. It's going to be a good uh, good little thing. Now, uh, a fight that got announced was Donald Cerrone versus Yancey Medeiros. That fight, if you would have told me that fight was made two years ago, I would have said Donald Cerrone all day. All day. But this new and improved Yancey, and it's sort of like, uh, I hate to say on the decline Donald Cerrone, but not peak Donald Cerrone. Uh, this might be, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Donald's on the decline. He fought, fought Darren Till, and he had yeah. one of those moments where he just shuts shuts down. He does that uh, once in a while. Like, he'll fight certain guys, and he just doesn't, like, zero does not perform. He just, he's not there. And then uh, his fight with uh, Lawler was... I take it back. I'm not on the decline. Go yeah, on. it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he had a yeah. great fight with Lawler. Yeah, so, I was there. I was crazy. Yeah, with that being said, I I, I think he, he if, if, if it's a firefight, he's still good. If um, if it's a technical fight, I think he's even better. Yeah, I think Yancey has to make this into like a... I, I now, think so, Are there too. any guys that you train where you're like, this guy's so much better than you, technical, you have to make it into a, 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 a fight, a scrap? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of people like that. That, that, That's always, uh, there's each fight, there's always kind of those moments I tell my guys, you know, you always have that fallback. I try to do is, you know, controlled violence and and try to be, I try to keep every guy thinking. Even if you're going to be into that crazy ass brawl and throwing and stuff, you want to have your mind still about you. When you start to see red and just throw, that's dangerous. That, that's when you get you know really dangerous. Drag him into your strength. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing, yeah. Oh man. Now, uh, how what was the happiest you've been as a coach? Is it Roxy? Yeah, I'd say. I mean, there's been a lot of things, but I've, I've that was pretty some pretty awesome experiences with her and having you know on that journey with her. Um, it was great. This last one with with Jesse Jess too. It's it's tough, man. I've had. I think Roxy's probably one of the, her first win with us was was a really good one. You know, it was really cool to be. Was, that, there was it against her. Andrea Lee? No, uh, the one before that was Tara Larosa. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, so that was a really cool moment. You know, to be there and just to see where she's. Do you ever now? I remember there was a. I was coaching a little kid and I told him to pick bottom instead of top, and he got turned. And it was like the tournament, and I was like, "Fuck, he would have won if you got top." And then I'm all night long, like over a ten-year-old <laughs> picking bottom. I'm like, yeah. just, just depressed, you know. And like, like two days later, I'm still. Do that ever happen to you? Where you're like, absolutely, all the time. I mean. You know, you. I don't over game plan fights a lot because I always assume that the fighter is getting better too. The other fighter is trying to improve on his weaknesses. So when I look at stuff, I spend a lot of time looking at my fighter's last few fights to see what we could improve or what somebody would want to try to take advantage of so that's not there when they go to do that. Um, 
so I try to keep a loose game plan of like here's what we do, but like sometimes yeah, you do things or you just you say the wrong thing or you did the wrong thing. You game plan like a few things. I've I've had those moments with my fighters, you know, where I'm like, man, I'm sorry, I, like we should have done something, you know. And it's it's just as a coach, like you've I feel you got to be just in it as in it as much as they are, you know. You know I've seen it. coaches though, the guy's getting his ass kicked, especially in boxing. He's down like nine rounds to nothing, and the coach is like, "You're doing great, hang yeah, in there." No. And and I'm like, and I'm like, he's obviously doing this to trick him or to give him not give up on himself, or but he's lying to him. He's not doing great. He's getting the shit beaten out of him. But I've seen it work actually, where the guy comes back in the tenth round. I'm like, oh, "Wow, that coach actually did a good job." Are you a fan of that? It really depends on the fighter, man. There are some fighters that just straight up need that. There's some people that you need to slap in the face. All right, come on, motherfucker, let's go. And they get motivated by it. And then there's some that just need to hear something or have it calm down too much in the head. You got to be there in the moment. There's, it just really depends person to person. So knowing your fighter in and out, you know, and inside the gym and learning how to work with them in the corner is a very important thing. You know, if they need that motivation, what they need, a lot of the fights, I believe, are won and lost in the back room. You can tell if a guy is ready or prepared or during the warm-up you're like oh, there's so many times i sat there and go, oh shit you know like this is not gonna be good and so it's just knowing your fighter and trying to get to that personal level with them so that you can kind of either steer them in the right direction or pull them back i remember cm punk had the fight and i texted one of his coaches i go how's he gonna do and they wrote back not good <laughs> this is his coach telling me right yeah uh have you had that where you're like you feel like, oh, shit, I know my kid's going to get slaughtered. Like, this, this is not going to go good. So early in the career, you know, you let guys take fights early in coaching. There's a lot of fights where I was like, oh, shit, not doing that again. You know, yeah. you, you, you learn your lesson. You think guys are like, ah, maybe he'll show up and do this, and you just know it's not going to. So I really, really try not to do that anymore. Any fight can be won or lost, but you always want to have the thought in your mind. Even. That you, yeah, exactly. That it's going to be a good fight or you're going to get this fight. If you go in and you're putting somebody in, now there's there's experiences and moments like where if someone gets called by the UFC on three weeks notice and it's your moment in time, fuck it, you know we're going in, whatever it is, we're gonna take that fight and and throw caution to the wind. There's situations that are game changers and life changing situations that you just have to kind of go in and say let's do it. Oh, what's his name has been killing it, Justin, uh, the guy who just won last week again, uh, the who works at Top Golf. Oh, Julia Marquez. Julia Marquez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they put him on against. A killer, mm-hmm. and they were. It was John Jones's teammate, yeah. and this dude looked like, like Amistad. I mean, it looked like he was fucking <laughs> just ripped, huge black guy, just muscles. And they, were, I kept talking how good he was. And Marquez looks homeless, right? But <laughs> fucking Marquez came, one kicked him in the head. And then won his next fight, too. Yeah. I mean, that guy's super tenacious. Julian's a guy to watch out for, and he's so young in his career and just everything. He's getting better and better and better. Um, and he's a guy that just like that, he's a, he's one of those guys that if he takes an opportunity, he'll he'll seize the moment and go for it. You know, and he's uh, he's going to be... <laughs> He's gonna be something good. Yeah, no, that was that was awesome. That was I was I was so happy for. I, whenever I see your guys, I, I always root for them, even if I know the other person. But that's that's pretty rare. So especially you and, and you, Benny, you're you're right up there, man. What are you number eight, nine, seven? 10, 12. It just depends on the ranking. Some guys have me at ten. Some have me at 12. ten in the world. Now, did yeah. you think when you came over here from Iran and you were getting bullied and everyone was picking on you and you weren't getting any pussy, that one day <laughs> you'd be 10 in the world and you'd have this hot Chinese, Vietnamese girlfriend and, and that you'd be the idol and people be offering you their daughters? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I was pretty dang sure I was going to be 
uh, an accountant because yeah. like <laughs> since I was 14 everybody's like yeah you know most of our family there's a lot of accountants you should be an accountant I was like alright so sounds good and, like and it wasn't one of those things where I'm like no I'm not gonna do it I, I wanna fight I was just like sure at that time you don't have a purpose so when people you know offer stuff you're like yeah let's try it and Serena I really think you should play up to autism more like that could be your like like go to the wrong corner <laughs> like in between fights hey I've like, done that like, <laughs> trust like, me outside the cage you do plenty pretty uh, socially awkward stuff so I think like when they think you question. win cheer like if, even if you lose start cheering like <laughs> <laughs> You know, she did have a real. I will say one thing with her, like her last fight, she did a really cool thing. She it was like the pack the mac for tough enough, and it was right at my birthday, and, and I think there was like ten thousand people there. And she thousand after she won seventeen thousand after she won, she had the whole place sing happy birthday to me. So that was a really she cool, is Serena. That was a really, Serena, really cool you're, you're, you're a legitimately like role model, and I, I honestly think that the world has not caught up to you yet. But they will. In time. They will. They're going to be movies about you. This year. Uh, this year. This year. But you got to. Yeah. Serena. I'm telling you. I think that should be your nickname. Socially awkward. <laughs> Serena, socially awkward. <laughs> tell me that that would be. Tell that that would be great. And they'll announce your name, and then you won't even come out. And then like. You'll, like <laughs> and then you'll, no, you'll come like, out and then be like, no. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come out and then go back. Yeah. Like, like, like that could be back. your. That could yeah. be your thing. You don't think that would be the socially awkward? I think Adam should hire him to be your comedy writer. Oh, okay. I, I, I would 100 percent socially <laughs> awkward. Like go to shake hands, but like I can't do it or something. <laughs> Just talk. fist bump them instead and be like, yeah. I, which I have done to people sometimes. Like, hey. But what you, what you got to do though? The one thing I do have to say that one time you lost, or uh, well, two times. The one time pe people were talking shit about you on the internet and you were responding, and you can't respond to people. I shouldn't have. Yeah, I was just. I've learned that. The whole hmm. yeah, You're never gonna win that battle. You know. Yeah, just people are fucking. But they're not you. They're not doing what you do. Yeah, I know. I, it took me a little while to figure that out. My dad, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. They're not. That's like people like, oh, you suck at comedy. You're not funny. Okay, but I'm on stage telling jokes and you're behind the computer. So yeah. I've already won. Yeah. The, the, the fact is, no one's in there but you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the fact that you're doing a lot of amateur fights is so smart. I, I think that's awesome. I never did any amateur fights, and I think that was a mistake on my part. I, I should have probably. Yeah, I, yeah. Winning your first eight fights in a row is really what, <laughs> yeah, really, but, really worked against you, buddy. Right, but one one of the things was like all my fights were like thirty seconds, forty five seconds, one minute and a half, and and the reason was because uh, I would I would put my name down, I would get an opponent who was good, who who had fights three and zero, four and zero, like good guys, and then a week uh, before the fight they drop out. So I constantly get, uh, kept getting these guys who. I mean, I'm grateful for them. Thank God for these guys who showed up because if not, I wouldn't have had any fights. But I kept getting guys like that and I kept running through them. I got to the UFC. I was pretty green. I, I, I had a couple of fights and, and I really felt like I built all my experience in the UFC. I, I, I think I had like 10, 15 minutes of cage time before I got into the UFC, which, which is not, that, not the best idea. Do you know a lot of fights when you were younger, back in Iran? Uh yeah that that was kind of that was that was the thing it was it was socially it was a social thing actually yeah, you yeah. know you you go you go here you go there and you get in a fight once in a while and you know just talk now about your it ear later. looks amazing right now by the way <laughs> uh, now could you hear out of that ear anymore what yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now this bad boy man it, it sucks I I was working with Marvin the last two days and it's just completely raw now thanks to him I, I and I hate headgear you gonna drain it. I can't. It's rock solid already, so I'm I'm screwed on that. But they keep telling me when I'm older I should just get it fixed. I'm like, well, when I'm I got older, mine fixed, and I have to wear because like, I mine used to look like that, 
and, and there was no MMA. There was no MMA back then. This one, so I got. I had to wear like a fucking turban for like a month, basically. <laughs> and they had to like reconstruct the whole thing. Looking back, I wish I would have kept it that way. At Did least, you get stopped at the airport when you? Uh, no, no, no. It was it was horrible. I mean, like literally, yeah. I, but I was so they shaved my head wrestling. They're like first where they get their head shaved, and then my ears stuck out even worse. And I had like ringworm on the top of my head. Oh, it was Jesus just. Christ. It was just. I was like, I gotta get my fucking ear fixed because kids used to literally put cauliflowers in their ears in high school from the from the, at lunch and be like I'm at him uh. <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of fucking assholes anyway Serena what do you have coming up um, I'm just training for right now like John says we're just have the feelers out see what pops up see what doesn't um, but I'm still gonna train you know as much as I can humanly possible as always you know on that I don't know what the hell I'm doing half the time. So, <laughs> oh, you're, you're, bird, you're an inspiration. Talking to a bird. There you go. Talk, yeah, yeah, talk to your bird and, and don't get those uh, those picks. Uh, John, what do you got coming up? Got uh, Khalil Roundtree this weekend, and then uh, two weeks after that, on the 14th, we've got uh, Jess, Jess, Jessica Clark. And where's that fight? Paige Van Zant. Um, co-main event in St. Louis. St. Louis. Wow, that's a good. And then on the main card is uh, also on that card is a good Darren Elkins versus Michael Johnson. Yeah. That's a good fight. Some good scrap. There's some is good that a 45 or? I believe it is 45. Oh, I didn't know Johnson dropped. I gotta but, pay attention. You gotta pay attention. Benny, what do you got? Stop watching Al Jazeera. Benny, what do you got coming up? I hope I get a fight by February or March, man. That's all. I don't care. You gotta care. call people out, dude. I don't care. It's, you know, if it was, it's just not my personality and I feel like everybody's gonna notice and they're gonna be like dude you're just acting up it's, it's just stupid knock it off yeah and you gotta right. be you gotta be you at the end of the day you can't you can't change for people and if, so with that being said i don't really feel like calling people out i i, I just want to fight people if somebody wants to call me out cool i'm i'm, I'm here I'll, I'll fight i'm i'm uh i have you james, know I, james vick wants his rematch uh, he never actually called me out again, but like I, I took that fight I, and I took that fight on short notice, and he was happy about it. So like, that, at, at this point, uh, he hasn't really said anything to me. Were you surprised by how good he's been doing since your since your fight? Uh, no, he, I think he's really good. I, I I think he he's just a slow starter. That's that's one of his weaknesses, and I just took advantage of that. But I think did overall, you hear his girlfriend yelling during that fight? He has this girlfriend who is like the hottest chick who may or may not. Uh, uh, wear like stripper dresses that was just screams on top of her lungs. Did you hear her? I did not oh. hear her at that point. I was so because uh, I was coming off a loss with Kiesa and I was super pissed. Uh, with that being said, I, I was, I was, uh, I had blood. In you my need eyes. a better gimmick too. Like you should come out like on a magic. You know, how Prince Hasim used to have oh, that like yeah. carpet. He'd fly in. Like you don't think maybe I got to get a flying carpet? A flying is, is what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, or maybe a giant genie bottle. Yeah, Aladdin was the uh, was the first. I'm flying out. <laughs> first Disney movie I ever saw was Aladdin. There so, you go. Come so out, it, I, Aladdin. I, I do like that. So maybe maybe I'll think about People it. People will like they'll have this giant genie bottle and I then they'll rub it right. and then you'll come out yeah. and then and Serena will be like, "What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Where am I?" All I right. would find myself in that situation. And you're like, I hate people, and you run away. <laughs> so, all right, so uh, I'll be at the Stratosphere tonight through Sunday, and then next week I will be at the Pachanga Casino. Following that, I'm in San Diego, Comedy Palace. Then I'm in Seattle at the Comedy Underground, and then after that, Calgary at the Comedy Cave, uh, all in January. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Benny. You coming to the show tonight? I'll try. You, Marvin's cutting weight tonight, so he's going to be extra... Hmm. 
What's the, maybe tomorrow night. Maybe tomorrow. Or, or, tomorrow or like will New be better. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is your girl here with you? No, I'm, I'm headed back before that. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got a little family thing going on, so i got to head back. Nice. But uh, Marvin right now is, uh, you know, when guys are cutting weight, there's a little bit extra... Anger. Ex- yeah. So yeah. maybe you have to leave him for a little bit and go see a comedy show. <laughs> maybe that's what I'll do. But uh, what was I going to say? Pachanga. That's where it was the other, other spot I was at. I went to Pachanga to corner. Oh, to, nice. I forgot the name. There you go. I'm terrible with names. Man. It's, all, it's all good, man. Yeah. You're, you're a good fighter. It's all that matters. <laughs> all right. And, and John going to see the Misfits tonight, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's with what's his name? Uh, it's uh, the Glenn original. Danzig? The, yeah, the original lineup. Danzig's back. You ever see when Danzig got punched? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's Crazy. legendary. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for uh, listening to the podcast, Serena. Uh, where can people follow you? Um, they can follow me on pretty much everywhere at Serena Southpaw. So, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Serena Southpaw. Not right. Serena Socially Awkward yet, but we might think about it. <laughs> I think Socially Awkward's a good name. John? Bigwood MMA. Benny? Just Benil Dariush at everything, whatever, Gmail, Twitter. Well, thank you guys so much. Take care. Trap, sauce, and trap, don't Tuni sons to hook them, Dorpotlan. Tada stolt and Dorpotamoro. Yeah, yeah, yeah.